0: Nightmares.
1: Episode twenty six.
0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. This music will never end. There we go.
1: <laughs> He's a bathroom hating, while I skatin' all the while, <clears throat> masturbatin' and that's, and that's Mo Porn, porn yeah. yeah!
0: And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug, T-I-L-L-E-Y.
2: He's bow,
1: Doug Tilly. number bow, one super bow, guy! Bow,
2: bow. Mo, I think I have the worst catchphrase in all of podcasting. It's just the appropriate way to spell your last day Uh, How great is it to be back on No Budget Nightmares, Mo? I
0: know, it's been like six months
2: It's felt that long because you, uh, living in Connecticut I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that But uh, you were washed away by the recent uh, weather events uh, that took place across your country
0: yeah, of course, the irony is, is, that, is that I still managed to put out a new Drunk on VHS on time. Mm. But, uh, but that one was, because it was already pre-recorded, you know, like it didn't matter. Like all I had to do was put the thing together and then, and then send it off to be posted. You know, that one wasn't, a, wasn't an issue at all. I didn't, have, I didn't have internet here. I didn't have power for like a week. Um, I think it was like five days, but still, I mean, that's a week. It felt and- really long. Yeah, it felt like a ridiculous amount of time. And I was over a friend's house the whole time. So, I mean, I, I, I wasn't really without power, but I couldn't really do anything. You
2: should give that friend a shout-out here on the show because he kept you from going insane over those five days.
0: <laughs> well, it was my buddy Brendan. Oh, um, Brendan, we love you. Yeah, who who has no internet presence whatsoever. He, uh, he's, the, he's one of the few people I know who refuses to join Facebook. Uh, he's not on Twitter, and he... Uh, only just recently upgraded to his first smartphone, like I think it was like last week. He's uh, a bit of a uh, technological
2: Neanderthal, and, hmm. and I and, and I love him for it. Yeah, we're down with how Brendan... I mean, Brandon will never hear this, because obviously he doesn't listen to podcasts. No, not unless I play it for him, and that's never going to happen. Good. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we're back, No Budget Nightmares, and uh, and this week we are featuring, I would say... And I might be wrong, I'm trying to think back, possibly the most well-known film that we've ever covered. Really? Don't you think so? I mean, The Burning Moon... Know, which is what... It
0: seems like... Yeah, I was going to say, it's all off in box 1997, The Burning Moon...
2: Yeah, and this had a pretty major release just a couple of years ago uh, on oh, DVD. True, true, yeah, and true, it, and true. It I think even had a couple of theatrical screenings throughout the U.S. Uh, this is a film God, that I, has a I could not
0: imagine watching this on a big
2: screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it would be a very unique experience. Uh, yeah, Olaf Ittenbach, the German director, and this is our first German film as well which is uh just
0: our quick way of saying there are very few sound
2: clips <laughs> i mean we can't play a lot of sound clips because uh, i don't even know if there is a dubbed version of the the burning moon but even if there was i wouldn't have watched it uh we watched well the dubbed i, I found
0: a dubbed version that was in spanish
2: for yeah. Some yeah yeah that's that's strange and and it's funny too because the film is um i think all of the dialogue is ADR it, it doesn't seem like it's recorded uh on set so um i mean it certainly was a possibility But this was a, of, of having it in different languages But this is a very um, This is an extreme movie In a lot of different ways And not the sort of thing That people are going to pour The level of money It would take to dub it Into probably a lot Of different languages Yeah, yeah, yeah Now, Amo What was your experience With Olaf Ittenbach Before watching The Burning Moon um, off the top of
0: my head, I, I don't know, I can't really, th- um, I feel like, I feel like I've seen other films of his, but I just can't
1: remember.
2: Olaf Ittenbach is a gore master, would you say? Yeah. He's a gourmand (laughs) He's a gourmet uh, And he uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I've done uh, I know a little bit about Olaf Wittenbach's career In fact, when I uh, first moved to Ontario One of the first DVDs I remember getting From sort of an arty cult uh, movie store That was around here Was his film Premutos Which is really, I guess in some ways His breakthrough film uh, Because it was shot on 16mm And it's an actual Mm -hmm. movie Uh, And it's funny because that movie came out the same year or the year after the burning moon which same year which makes me think that though the burning moon is set it says on the imdb that it came out in 97 that that is sort of a that might not be its actual release year it feels like something much earlier than that yeah yeah no
0: you're right it doesn't
2: it doesn't feel it doesn't feel late 90s at
0: all. It actually almost feels like early 90s, you know? And, and I've had that
2: confirmed by a couple of people that they may have seen a bootleg of it in, like, 1992 or 93. Mm. So, I, I mean, I 97 is what IMDb says, but it, I think it's one of those things he was probably making throughout the 90s. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I know. Very nice, Mo. Thank you so much. <laughs> 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 now, the Burning Moon is a... Uh, uh, it, it's uh, It's not just one... Movie. It's really three movies in in one. It's a uh, it's a compilation, uh, not a compilation. What the an anthology? An anthology. Thank you. But not really. But not really. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, because it has one of those uh, a brown, uh, surrounding uh, stories, like uh, like you see in a lot of anthologies. Uh, but there's only two actual stories that are told. Usually there'd be three or more. Exactly. Everything okay over there, Mo? You tell me. This freaking chair is <laughs> killing me. I haven't noticed it. I'm too busy listening to my own voice. <laughs> if only I could. <laughs> so, the Burning Moon—it's uh, well uh, known, if not well regarded, for the fact that it is extremely violent. This is a violent movie, and it takes after a lot of the uh, German films from the late '80s, uh, early '90s that uh, things like *Video Violence* and *Necromantique*, where it's it's extreme content, shot on very low budget, and this is shot on video. I mean, it's a super low budget. Uh, this is this is. Crazy low budget, yeah, yeah, but still packed with some really extreme content.
0: I was going to say for the for the budget that this film had, it's amazing what they managed to get away with because there's some pretty wild stuff in this movie,
2: and we will cover all of it, Mo. Indeed. <laughs> so, <laughs> with all of that said, hey, maybe, you know what? I'm going to switch things around a little bit. Uh-oh. We're going to start with the end of the movie No, I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, We'll get to the good bits first I want to mention before we get to the end That uh, we're currently in the process of uh, Trying to develop a new logo for No Budget Nightmares Yes uh, And I would recommend people who have Talent in that sort of area Which is something I don't Because we don't I really don't uh, That you might want to head over to our Facebook page At facebook.com slash nobudgetnightmares All one word And uh, and throw your hat into the uh, ring Of course you got to like us first But You'd like us anyway Or why else would you be listening Mm. Mm. So people who like us and who have talent And I know that we're talking about a small group uh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't insult our
0: audience like that I'm not insulting
2: our audience I'm talking to the person And they know who they are That (laughs) has talent And that they want to use it to help us And get no financial or really any reward at all
0: They'll have reward Look, look When our show blows up and, and it's their logo that's that's at the forefront of that explosion that's when they'll get uh, they'll that's when they'll get they'll their
2: due mo what is wrong anyway uh, <laughs> and we will we will brand all of our material with your picture but we will not give you any money for it Uh, And in fact, if we ever make money off of it, which is unlikely We also won't give that money to you We will keep it and we will probably (laughs) spend it on candy Which I'm really looking forward to Uh, But uh, certainly it's not going to benefit you in any way So I do do hope that you plan to spend a lot of time on it A lot of your personal, valuable time To help us in a way that will not benefit you at all Exactly Okay, with that said, let's talk about Olaf Hittenbach's The Burning Moon Again. Here we go. Mo, what what is a burning moon? It's a what? No, I'm asking you because...
0: Is that like a real thing? I don't know. I was wondering
2: if... I mean, I know that you're a man of the world, that you have a lot of friends into illicit things, and I thought it might be some sort of drug thing (laughs) or something.
0: I you know what I I never even
2: man I I wish I'd thought to even look that up. I mean I
0: burning moon whatever. I just assumed that it was a, a reference to what was going on in the film.
2: Well, that does happen we actually do see a burning moon in the film, but uh that's it still seems kind of random for it to be called that, you know? And for that to happen. I don't know what it's supposed to represent necessarily. Mm. Mm. I looked it up. I was looking it up just then. Didn't find a fucking thing. Yeah. Let's talk about the movie, Mo. Let's get into it. It's like the worst episode we've ever done. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm bringing this energy level up.
0: Oh, no, I'm not, I have no. There's no issue with my energy. My issue is my ability to
2: fucking talk today, apparently. You've been doing um, some sort of drugs all day long, haven't you?
0: I, I must have been. I must have been on some kind of drug. I'd probably snorting you know. some beer or, <laughs> I don't know, injecting,
2: yeah, you know. Injecting yourself with marijuana now that it's legal everywhere apparently,
0: <laughs>
2: token on some video games. I don't know. something. <laughs> we're gonna. We're, this is all gonna come together. We're, we're ready to go. We, we've waited too long. The people have waited too long for this. Oh my nuts! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. getting in there with the sound effects. <laughs> all right, but let's that. talk. With, let's talk about this fucking. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's in German. It is in German, uh, and it feels so German. I mean, everything that you see, it looks so what you in your mind when you think of Germany, and you're not thinking about World War II, are probably thinking about, and you're probably not thinking about the Wall either. But this is what you're thinking about after that, especially the hair. Yeah, though this. Oh man, it, it's funny because Olaf Ittenbach, the director, also is one of the stars of this film. Did you not know that?
0: <laughs> I didn't. Pay, I didn't look up the. Um, <laughs> Because I, I, knew, I knew that there was a very small chance we'd actually be talking about,
2: it, about the credits, so I didn't even look it up. Well, no, he, he's... Well, that's okay. That's okay, Mo. I'll, I'm here to inform you of these things. You're the, yeah, this is your job. My, my, I'm just here for...
0: I was about to say witty commentary, but I just realized I'm not really supplying any of that.
2: Uh, I'm here to do all the work after what I'm talking. I'm glad you're here for a reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, Olaf Wittenbach plays Peter, the drugged-up lunatic who is telling the stories in the film. Mm. Yeah, who looks kind of like what you would think a German Todd Sheets would look like
0: That's a great, I mean, a really, really great uh, analogy He does look like a German Todd Sheets And
2: especially in this movie because uh, it starts with um, Olaf Peter the character of Peter going to a job interview and he's dressed up like you if he, if you were saying I'm going to be the coolest guy in 1992 that's what he was dressed as which makes you look like the doofiest guy of 2012. Yeah, he's
0: got big ridiculous earrings and you know there's, there's a giant hole in his in the knee of his of his jeans and he's you know wearing <laughs> like a fucking denim jacket and just really ridiculous looking. He
2: looks like the lead singer of like a new wave band from the 80s. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks like the lead singer to Gorky Park. <laughs> but he's supposed to be a badass, and we know this because even though he's going to this job interview a friend is driving him, he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I don't fucking care about this job, man. <laughs> I'm I'm putting words into his mouth, but this is how he, he, he comes across.
0: Imagine all of this in German, of course. Yeah, he's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that was my German accent. I don't even know what that was supposed to be. <laughs>
2: I don't care. <laughs> uh, so he goes into this job interview. I don't know what the job was. was. Uh, it's some sort of it's some sort of button down job. You know, an office job. You know what I'm yeah, saying, yeah, Mo? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he, but it's like, but it's it's very obviously
0: some sort of entry level position. He's like, you know, they're like. Uh, you know, uh, but but the the best part is that as they're talking, like he kind of mentions to him, he's like, "Well, you know, we need you to care a little bit more." <laughs> you know, so so obviously, if you could if you could do that between now and when we actually hire you, that that'd be great. I, I thought
2: the interviewer was very fair, considering that when was he ridiculously him want, fair. He, wants, yeah, he asks him if he wants coffee, and he's like, "I'll take a beer." <laughs> does does thine have beer? <laughs> I thought that might have just been a German thing, where maybe you were allowed to have beer at uh, at job interviews. Maybe I don't think I don't think it was. <laughs> you put on leaderhosen and then you dance a little bit, and yeah, yeah. I'm just Slap each other we're going to go through everything I know about German culture before we're done here, <laughs> which is not much. No, no, I've actually run out already. <laughs> well, you didn't mention worst. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So also, he wants to German smoke sausage. I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh so the interview does not go well mostly because Peter is being a big cock the entire time. Mm-hmm. And uh and when the interviewer who is being very like uh very nice, very respectful, he says something like that that they're looking for someone who's a little bit more serious, uh Peter gives what would be uh probably the not best response if he wants a job by telling the guy to fuck off. <laughs> yep. And then he leaves. And then he leaves. He just leaves. And uh, then he gets into an elevator and he spits. Uh, this Peter character is a very nihilistic, very unpleasant fellow. So, in other words, he's kind of German. He, hey, now. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. You I'm are kidding. ostracizing our German listenership, which is... Yeah, because there's so many of those. You don't know, Mo. You don't I do, know, I do. Mo. I look at the stats every
0: week. <laughs> We have no play in Germany now, but however, Mo, I, I should probably shut up because after this episode, we might we might gain
2: some. That's right. We have a habit of of befriending people who we never expected would ever listen to the show, uh, yeah. and so Algeria has gone though. So let me say to them, uh, "Ich bin ein Berliner." That's right. That's it. I'm that thing that I just said. A Berliner. Yes. So uh, this <laughs> Peter character is a real dick. So he goes outside, and his friend. This uh, friend
0: like tosses him a beer. This actually, I, I, this is such a great part of the beginning of the movie, like where he's like, because it, it doesn't make any sense until like it actually, until like what they're talking about actually happens. But he like tosses him a beer, and he's like, oh, "I'm gonna drive," you know, and and they and they drive off, and then he says, "We're gonna go hassle the rats." <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to myself. I'm like, what the hell is he talking it's about? Famous German Be- expression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, we need hassle and rats, but
2: um, what did they mean? What did he mean by hassle some?
0: Well, I mean next, next, the next shot kind of shows up, and they're like, they're at s- s- what what I originally thought might have been some kind of like underground fight club or mm-hmm. something, and then and then I realized that they're two gangs and they're going to rumble. So the other, so I'm assuming the rats are the other gang. Sure, you know? and this is the most
2: Todd Sheetsian of all scenes in the film. Oh, this fight scene is. Ridiculous Yeah, it's ridiculous All right And I'll be honest I did not expect There to be a fight scene At the beginning Of this movie Yeah uh, I, And it's It's a big brawl Right, like Everyone has a weapon uh, Yeah And there's like Lots of fog
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly Just, I mean Imagine Imagine the, the, the You know The the gang fight scene In like Zombie Rampage It's the same Same sort of thing I mean It's it's, it's extremely I mean, like, similar
2: It's extremely Todd Sheets Yeah Yeah, yeah it's not very good <laughs> Again, it's very Todd Sheets. <laughs> <laughs> but they try. They try really hard. Yeah. No, yeah. They're, you know, they're, they're wailing. T- to be honest, I think if we, if, is one of our listeners Was to go back to our Zombie Rampage episode We may have even praised The fight at the beginning Of Zombie Rampage I and, had nothing against it Yeah And this is very similar There's a lot of Repeated sound effects And it's not very I mean it's violent But uh, you know I, It's not super violent Like some of the things yeah. That are to come They do make They do toss some Great insults at each other I think uh, they call <laughs> each other buttlickers. <laughs> There's a great line Where he goes, They shit their pants Those
0: faggots <laughs> <laughs> Oh I don't agree With that word it's like, But uh... Like Jesus Christ <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's like it's kind of like that universal line, like between the '80s and the '90s, where it's like you really, you if you really wanted to insult the other gang, you know, that's what you would call. It. Uh, no, I agree, but I just love the fact that they said they shit their pants.
2: <laughs> I I kind of like thinking that this movie was made entirely in 1997, and that Germany was just sort of so behind, <laughs> still wearing Zubas pants and sweatpants. And <laughs> well, that's
0: I mean, but the thing is, just like. Um, I mean that that's that's actually why I kind of believe that that they that this was filmed in 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 ninety two because or or came out ninety two because it seems very late eighties like everybody's wearing like fucking acid wash yeah you know? it does
2: and, and like a lot of denim and all yeah absolutely yeah. um now. What's your take on this character of Peter Peter is one of the main uh, faces that we see during this uh, gang fight. he obviously doesn't care about work he doesn't <laughs> give a shit about anybody what what, what is your take on who, who is he supposed to be in this case? Well, I think he was just supposed to be like you know uh, I don't know Joe everybody
0: you know like like every every teenager who, who was who was angsty in the 90s you know I mean basically it's him. They're all. I hate my mom and dad, you know, and it's like ridiculous, it's just stupid. His mom but and dad are kind of shitty. His mom and dad are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, literally
2: a minute because he's just about to go home to see them. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but he's. But, but basically, that—that's what—that's what I took him as. He was just some kind of like douchebag kid who's,
2: you know, who doesn't really seem worth the time. Peter. Poor guy But are we supposed to be sympathetic to Peter? I don't think so And that's that's an interesting question that I just asked Good job, Douglas uh, be- well, d- well done, Tilly mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the only one who doesn't refer to myself by my last name <laughs> <laughs> uh, Because it seems like And this will come into play once we get to the end
1: mm-hmm. It
2: seems like we're supposed to have at least a little bit of Maybe the idea is that like society or his parents or... Germany hasn't cared about him enough, so he sort of turned him into this unfeeling asshole. See, I just took him as like a stupid fucking kid. You know, I just played by the director Olaf Ittenbach. Well, he does a good job. Yeah, he looks pretty stupid, and uh, he does seem like a stupid kid.
0: Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't have any real sympathy for the character at all. No sympathy for the Peter. So, and I think, and I think, and I think, as the movie ends. You know, I think my, uh, my assumption in not having any sympathy for him pans out right. Yes. Yes.
2: But we'll get to that when we get to it. hmm So he goes home, and his mother and father are going to be heading out for the night. They have something that they want to do. So they're going to leave Peter in charge of his younger sister, Annette. Annette is uh, about ready to go to bed, and he's just got to stay home and take care of her. Now, his relationship with his parents is sort of volatile. Sort of is not
0: the right word. It's very Yeah, volatile. his
2: mother beats the shit out of him, like, when he gets home? I mean, just, like, the second he walks in. Like, she, she's, I mean, she's just
0: berating him and, and hassling him and, you know, and it just, and then 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 the father gets into the situation and it just all kind of goes to hell. I mean, and it's really funny, like, why? You know, like, the whole thing goes to hell because he doesn't want to watch his little sister. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but 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 we we are int- we are given a uh, a interesting enough line that we can actually play it. So uh, so let's do that. Let's hear it.
1: So long as <laughs> you here what is that clear? Fuck you!
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, for you non-German speakers out there, what he said was uh, "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> he said "fuck you." No, what he said was, "as long as you live under this roof, you will do what I
2: say." Is that clear? And of course, the angsty teen has to go "fuck you." I would suggest which is pretty great. I'd suggest that Peter's a little unstable to be left in charge of a young child. I mean, she's—I oh, well, I guess Annette is like supposed to be like a ten or eleven or something like that.
0: Yeah, she yeah, exactly. Just 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 young enough to to not be able to stay on her own,
2: but but I agree. He I mean, like we we already know he's a drug addict. Yes, uh, yeah. and and not just uh, I mean, we see how hardcore of a drug addict momentarily. Uh, I was just thinking about how Peter's response to all of this um violence and uh, mm-hmm. t- uh, tumultuousness in his house is he goes upstairs to his room and he plays with a Slinky. <laughs> <laughs> that's in Germany That's what you do It's like a stress ball Yeah Dein Schlinky Dein Schlinky That's right uh, Very good <laughs> <laughs> uh, They they show um, A weird flashback At this point Do you know what I'm referring to Mo
0: Yeah Where it's like the two kids And they're upstairs And they're throwing Like nuts and bolts Into a bottle Yeah
2: like a big jug And like uh, I'm assuming Was it like the father character? I thought it was the father And he comes upstairs And he tells one of the boys uh, I have told you not to play with him But I don't understand What was going on
0: Yeah I don't I don't either I mean did, like, I couldn't I couldn't tell it, it was really Either poorly written Or poorly translated Where I got the idea That they were saying They didn't want him Playing with that bottle Oh ha <laughs> Well, Cause it said cause, meaningful, because like the way he the way it was written out is, I told you not to play with this one. Now I don't know. I mean, that could obviously apply to either the child or to the bottle, but either way, it just doesn't make any sense because there's no
2: explanation as to why. I love the idea that he's up in his room and he's pondering how does his life turn out this way, and he goes back to some thought from his childhood about throwing nuts into a bottle. Right yeah. it must have been in some way something that happened must have been uh you know damaging to him but but there's no indication of what that actually is maybe the original language had made a little bit more sense but even at that though i mean like like the scene's not long enough to i
0: mean cuz really it opens up with with the two boys and they're throwing nuts and bolts into this into this jug and then somebody stomps up the stairs and says you know how many
2: times have i told you not to play with this one and then grabs him and walks off I mean, my interpretation of it was that the child, because there was two kids, that, that a father, maybe it was not his father that looked like him. Maybe it was the other, yeah. Yeah, and he took his kid away saying, well, I told you that you can't play with him because Peter, for some reason, he shouldn't be able to be played with. So it's turned him against society because people don't want to play with him. Maybe he was an intravenous drug user back then, too. Well, it's funny that you bring that up, Mo, because his response to these tragic childhood memories is to do heroin. Which makes sense. Yeah, he's a, he's, we knew he was kind of scummy, but we didn't know that he was a full-fledged drug addict until mm-hmm. he pulled out this heroin and started sticking it in his arm. And, and I got to tell you,
0: man, like, like, I, I, I've never, obviously, I, I've had no experience either with myself or with any of my friends. I wouldn't say that's drugs.
2: obvious to Mimo. All right.
0: I'm just saying. <laughs> well, all right. Well, what I will say is that I've never had experience with, you know, with either myself or any of my friends using heroin. So I don't know what the proper amount you're supposed to be using is. But that, but, but the amount that he had in that syringe was a was. I mean, like that syringe was full. I mean, it was it was
2: just a ridiculous amount of drugs. Hmm. Yes, I would say that that's the case I, I, Just yeah. like yourself, I have very little experience with doing heroin myself <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, but it does seem like he did a lot of it But who knows if Olaf Wittenbach had any experience uh, at it <laughs> Either. But he does do the heroin as a way to calm himself down, I guess And get ready to help his sister have a pleasant evening to herself And then he goes out and he looks at the moon, Mo, the moon The burning moon And it burns, he looks at it and it actually bursts into flames
0: it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. It looks
2: ridiculous. <laughs>
0: but I got, I got a, I got a kind of a kick out of it. Cause it's like, so he takes this, this ridiculous amount of, of, of heroin and then somehow manages to stand up and walk outside, you know, I, cause the one thing I do know about heroin is that, that shit puts you out. So, I mean, really, if he was, if he was doing heroin, he would have been out for the rest of the night. None of, none of any of what happened would have happened at all.
2: Well, you're the expert, Mo All I know about heroin Comes from that Velvet Underground song (laughs) Uh. Ah. So he goes to see his sister Which probably would be a horrible idea Uh, And her room is filled with creepy dolls Because she's German And they're not allowed to have fun things Mm -hmm. Only creepy things Only creepy things And he decides that in his uh, heroin state That what he's going to do is tell her uh, In fact, he wakes her up so it seems like she couldn't get to sleep anyway And he says he's going to tell her a story To help her get to sleep Yeah, it really did seem like She was already out And that he woke her up <laughs> it's, it's interesting because right now We're about ten minutes into the film Which is pretty uh, lengthy for uh, You know, a, a, a wraparound segment For an anthology film yeah. uh, And in fact, it really feels like padding After you're finished watching the movie And you realize it didn't really make any sense
0: just and was completely unnecessary. Yeah, and kind of boring <laughs> and
2: really stupid. But anyway, I I get the feeling, and maybe uh, this is how things came about that maybe each of the two segments of this anthology film, uh, not counting the wraparound, maybe they were shot as like their own separate things, and then it was all co- kind of compiled together into a feature. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it almost seemed it almost seemed
0: like like both of the uh, of the of the main stories were. Um, were premises or ideas that like he couldn't flesh out enough to make
2: full length mm-hmm. features out of. Yeah, I get that. So the first story uh, and the one that he is supposed to be telling to his sister has the delightful title "Julia's Love." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it takes the form of really like an American slasher film. I think is what it's probably uh, closest to. Yeah. It's about uh, a a a. A psychiatric hospital has a <laughs> sorry has this uh, character Cliff Parker, who uh, the woman murderer. He's the woman murderer. He's he's killed twenty one people, uh, and he, he has he has the
0: stupidest <laughs> uh, serial killer nickname ever, the
2: woman murderer. <laughs> but it's accurate because he likes to it's kill. It's not accurate. <laughs> he, he kills, right? kills, kills every man. <laughs> They uh, it starts very bizarrely because it has two doctors talking to each other, and one of them uh is sort of supports the idea that Cliff Parker uh could be uh, helped, uh that uh, he needs therapy and uh, that he's yeah yeah they're, t- yeah, they're a-
0: discussing his personal history, they're saying he's schizophrenic. Um,
2: she and thinks it's weird- reactive
0: psychosis. Yeah, exactly. And she and she does the uh the odd uh I mean I guess it's not if she thinks it's reactive, but she, she decides that she's going to take him off she does she are already taking him off of all of his medication.
2: I love that it's the doctor is totally against like he's he works at a mental clinic <laughs> yeah. and he is totally against helping this guy in any way. And <laughs> when as soon as he, they walk by and they find a corpse, he goes, See what your therapy has done. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what that's how German
0: mental health works. <laughs> yeah. So so the nurse the nurse runs off. Or I, guess, I was it a nurse or was it were they both doctors? Uh, I, maybe she was a nurse, but who cares? I don't know. It's not Regardless. it's not going to matter in a minute. <laughs> it is really not. Yeah. So she goes to run off. I think she goes to sound the alarm and and Cliff kills her pretty quick. Um. And then and he then, runs uh, back
2: to where the doctor is looking at the corpse, and he kills yeah, him as well. And he kills the doctor. Now, these are both these deaths are just they're very quick and not very graphic, actually. Yeah. Well, actually,
0: it's funny when you think about it. Like a lot of what's happened in the film so far, you know, because like everybody keeps telling me, "Oh, this is one of the most fantastic gore films," and like and like the, the the several opportunities that we've had to to show some real good gore they haven't taken
1: it mm-hmm.
0: so it's like so so it makes me wonder one of two things either everybody's idiots which i don't believe um or that it's saving it up for something big which will, i'm into the film's credit it does yeah <laughs> it really does and it's going to happen so. soon
2: <laughs>
0: um so yeah, so then we, then we, uh, we get introduced to a, uh, to a character, uh, Julia I guess she's Julia, because this is called Julia's Love <laughs> and, uh, and I believe she's
2: getting uh, ready to, um, to go out on a date She's going to go out on a date with this guy that she's met, this great guy uh, We see her come home and we find out that her house is sort of going to be empty that evening So she's decided that she's going to go out on a date Uh, it's, it's weird though. Cause yeah, so she gets dressed up in her finest German duds
0: and, uh, um, and and she, and she ends up meeting a couple of her friends out at a bar and they start talking about it and they immediately contradict themselves. Yes. Uh, first she says, they ask her like, if they know what he looks like and, or maybe it was the other way around either way. In one instance, she, she declares that he's very handsome. And then in the next instance, She says she's never met
2: him before. Right. And in fact, (laughs) one of her friends, who is horrible, says... (laughs) He goes, is he ugly? And she goes, yes, he's as ugly as your boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. But it's important that she's never seen him before, because otherwise this wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't work. Because what we see, uh, the scene actually, right before that she went to the club, is one of the best scenes in the entire movie. Where we see uh, a, a gentleman, who almost looks like a salesman, pull up in a car and he uh st- and he gets out and he is immediately fucking immediately run over <laughs> drilled by a car i made an animated gif uh, uh, out of it you have to go over to our facebook page to see it uh, and when did you post that i posted it the night i watched it uh, oh. and i actually and it's on our facebook page right now that everyone can go check it out uh, and people loved it because it's awesome <laughs> it, it, it
0: <laughs> it's murdering me uh, no it really it re- uh, really amazing just i mean like completely unexpected um yeah he
2: he just he opens up the door he
0: stands up and
2: Bam! <laughs> What's great is that he hits this dummy that's been set up, and let's let's make it clear it's it, a dummy. It's a dummy, and then it, the dummy gets tangled up in the car's wheels so he's just kind of pushing it along, and this <laughs> blood streak is going along. The, I mean, you know, we're 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 finding humor in it, but it's obviously meant to look kind of silly anyway. But yeah. that's Parker. Parker is the guy who's driving the car, and dun, he's dun, dun. he's going to steal this guy's identity because this is the guy she was going to go out on the date with
0: course how he knows that he that he was going to go out on the Shut date up, with Mo. Shut up.
2: <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> that, that important piece of exposition is not important. <laughs> that incredibly
0: important piece of uh yeah. Um so yeah, so so Parker then immediately switches cars.
2: Yes, and he, be, th- he takes be, this
0: guy's car. Yeah, no, he, he doesn't take his car because remember he tore the door off of his car. So he actually steals a third car. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, and, uh, <laughs> and a really nice car too. Actually, mm. a nice like red kind of sporty, you know, German thing. Um, and he goes, and he goes, and I don't know if he picks her up, but I think I don't think he does. I, no, because he doesn't know where he, where she lives. He, he meets her at the uh, at like I'm, I'm assuming like it's supposed to be like an Italian restaurant.
2: Yeah, well, I do know it's the kind of restaurant that has some some really wonderful music playing in the background. <laughs> and really questionable pizza. Right, oh, yeah, and, no kidding. All right. Here's the music. Yeah,
1: um, yeah ich weiß, mm. hört sich etwas blöde an,
0: aber du bist, wirklich, du bist wirklich sehr schön.
2: Bitte sag jetzt nichts. Ich möchte jetzt noch keine well, This is just small talk. Is. <laughs> He's telling us she's das beautiful so and so she had a great time. mean, it was so schön Essen. Ich möchte, dass es für heute so bleibt. <laughs> this, is me. Um, ah. this, this would be like me going to a restaurant and having a song called, just saying, like, oh, Doug, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a
0: girl named Sherry going out and having that Steve Perry oh, song come Sherry. on. Yeah, exactly. We don't need the. The, oh god. Ah, no. oh, you you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, it's really really ridiculous. I think my favorite my favorite part of that entire scene is the is the waiter who they asked to bring them a coke. Right? You know, cuz he just seems like I mean, like probably I mean, like they all of them aren't particularly well-trained actors, but he is so bad. <laughs> you know, that it's just, it's, it's, it's hilarious. And and like, he totally takes you out of the entire scene. And, uh, but he's so great though. And he comes back, you know, he gives him the soda and then, and then he leaves for a minute and they talk. And then he comes back and he takes their, their, their,
2: uh, quote pizza away. What I love about the scene is, uh, the, the small misunderstanding that they have at the end of it where they have they make small talk about the fact that two people were killed in their town i guess they're referring mm. to the people at the hospital even though that was three people uh, or maybe the guy who got run over and that's another person uh, yeah but uh she says i hope it doesn't happen to anyone in my family and he interprets this as meaning that she has children at home but then she mm. has to clarify no no she means that she lives with her family Awkward Yeah, it was awkward is what it was But it does uh, set up the fact that he knows that she has uh, That she lives with her folks and that she has a family That he could later murder Oops <laughs> Exactly So what happened to Cliff Parker in his past that made him such a psycho? Um, well, we're
0: treated to a couple of flashbacks And he does explain this uh, in, in through bits of little exposition um, He had uh nobody paid attention to him mm-hmm. you know uh nobody took him seriously and he was and it, and it upset him a great deal uh except for uh i believe it was his mother mm-hmm. yes his mother listened to him his mother listened to him his mother paid attention i think oh i i believe he says uh some uh some shrink and his mother right are the only, are the only ones who paid attention to him uh and then one day his grandfather Decides the prudent thing to do in this situation would be to hack up his mother with a with an axe right in front of his eyes. Yeah, he's right
2: there, and he even says, "You're next." <laughs> You're next. <laughs> but he wasn't. He managed to not be killed by his grandfather somehow, which they don't explain. No. So she thinks that uh, Cliff Parker, uh, the person that she's on a date with, she thinks he's mm-hmm. some guy named Brian. So uh, while she's waiting in the car. She hears a radio broadcast which actually explains that there's an escaped lunatic on the loose. It's pretty convenient. It's one of those great situations where you turn it on turn the radio on and it's bam right there. Well, I mean we could have listened to 10 minutes of obscure German radio, but instead it got us right to the point, which I appreciate. <laughs> Uh, And it gives out the license plate number Of the car that the lunatic has stolen And she gets out Because she immediately suspects it might be this guy Because of that awkward small talk Makes sense And she discovers she's in the car She's in the stolen car So she runs off She runs off, gets a taxi, gets the fuck out of there Makes sense Yeah, and she goes all the way home Yeah, And doesn't call the police doesn't tell her parents doesn't really uh, i mean she really does very little to help the situation considering she knows the exact location of an escaped lunatic who a known murderer yes yeah um the the response that cliff has to being left uh behind uh to being uh dumped unceremoniously is he says you whore damn in german mhm but uh he finds something interesting in his car that was left behind. She left her wallet. And not only that, then a prostitute knocks on the window. Perfect timing, really. Really unfortunate timing yeah. for her. So, he tells her to get in. mm mm-hmm.
0: um, And then proceeds to stab her in the chest and then cut off her head.
2: Yes, he does. He stabs her in the chest. He cuts off her head. He's very amused by the fact that he's uh, cut her head off. And in yeah. fact, he gets so amused by it that while he's waiting at a red light when it turns green, he's just kind of staring at it. He's having a good time with it.
0: Yeah, so the guy behind him starts honking because obviously, if the person in front of you has a green light, I think he even says something like, It's been green forever. Is this guy <laughs> going to go? Uh, so he honks the horn. And, and of course, you know. You know, Parker does exactly what I would have done in that situation. He mm-hmm. opens up the he opens up the moonroof and throws the head at him Thru- at the other car.
2: And and the guy driving the car has a fine mustache and uh, there's a fine mustache. And the the head bounces off the the front of his car and he's very and he upset. Goes, about no, <laughs> it. it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, he, he gives a great ah oh! sound. <laughs> so the, everything is coming up Cliff Parker in this case because he. Uh, he's killed a prostitute. He's thrown the head to really get back at the guy honking his horn, mm-hmm. and he has the uh, the home address of the person who totally dumped him tonight, and he's going to get a little bit of uh, revenge. Exactly. So by this point, Julia's home now. Yeah, we get we briefly get to uh, meet her family, uh, her mother, uh, who, who apparently spends a lot of time in the kitchen. Uh, mm-hmm. her father who's uh who
0: apparently pays attention
2: to nobody to pays attention to nobody is watching a horror movie on uh, television and in fact, I think the the horror movie in question is Black past, which is uh olaf Ittenbach's first film mm. and uh and and she has a younger sister as well yeah so
0: she so she goes into her room and turns on the tiniest television i 've ever seen and uh and proceeds to watch a newscast uh because low budget films every single one of them is required to oh, have oh yes cast. They, indeed they do um and this rule still you know it still applies today but it certainly applied back then and i'm trying to think and basically it's not really anything important it's just kind of reiterating what we already knew about cliff parker and i think she says something like oh no another nut or something to that effect
2: <laughs> yeah just another nut just another nut <laughs> um well, it, I mean, you don't need to elaborate anymore, Mo. We know what's going to happen here. We know what's happening at this point. Cliff Parker decides he's going to show up at the house and surprise uh, Julia's mother. What did you think of speaking of Julia's mother and like what's
0: going on in the kitchen with her? Uh, what did you think of, of like the radio broadcast, <laughs> like that was going on in the in the background while she was like cleaning and like doing? Do stuff you mean the, the trance music special that's playing? Yeah, 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 and it's like, and it's like they're they're going back and forth between like German and English. And you go, like, here's another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, here's Rudy again with the
2: trance house special. <laughs> oh, the German oh, contribution it. to music. <sighs> Uh, and this actually has one of those Todd Sheetsian, uh jokes about Because uh, the father is watching, Todd, uh, watching Olaf Wittenbach's first movie And he goes, <laughs> nothing but crap on TV uh, Which, you know, those little jokes about how horror movies are <laughs> he, goes, this he goes this, he goes the same shits on TV <laughs> every night <laughs> uh, It's funny because Julia talks to her sister for a moment And her sister um, talks about her dating troubles and about how she can't find Mister Wright, and they have a very normal sister to sister conversation, considering Julia was just in a situation where she was almost butchered by a serial killer. <laughs> I, I I get a big kick out of at a lot of these movies where, uh,
0: you know, I mean, because this happens fairly regularly in in, in low budget film, where um, where somebody will 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 go through what by any other means would be considered a horrific experience, you know, that would require years of therapy. And she just and she's blown it off like it was nothing to have a conversation about her sister who is going out on a date that night as well. If Germans
2: are good at one thing, Mo, it's getting through traumatic experiences and pretending that nothing happened. (laughs) <laughs> I, w- I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Cliff arrives and he gets to murdering really quickly. Yeah, I think um, he goes think to the mother started. first. Does he go to the mother? Oh first? yes, she's in the kitchen. He does. Believe me, Mo. Oh, I know. Oh, That's I right. See. That's right. Oh yes. <laughs> Sorry. I get it. Do not dispute uh... <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> I just lost my point, my spot in the in my notes. Uh, but you're right, yeah. So, yeah, he kills the mother, and the mother's screaming, and to show how much the father cares, he does not get up from watching the television.
2: He slices off her fingers, too. Looks all right. Yeah, it's not a bad effect. Yeah, any slits her throat? We're getting yeah, there. Any, any
0: of the throat slicing effects, or any, any of the skin slicing effects, really, are, are pretty good. Yeah, but th- I find those really icky to watch, I have to say. they're yeah, they're really hard to watch. I I've never had a good time with, with watching...
2: Throat slicing, good
0: time. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Sometimes, you know, sometimes murder and film is fun. You know, I just, I never, it just, I just don't get that feeling with, with, with throat slicings.
2: Well, Dad is next, I should say. Uh, yep, chops off his hand, chops off his hand, stabs, and puts a puts a machete through his face, through his face.
0: That now that effect, I love. Yeah, no, it's pretty great, I, actually. You know, I mean, like it never would have killed the guy, but that's fine you know but it's awesome he put a fucking machete
2: through the dude's face it was really cool now mo i have to ask you a question about germany uh about about how it works compared to i mean you might be able to explain to me something maybe canada is off here maybe i don't know what's going on but they cut to julia's sister in the sh- in the bathroom she's in mm-hmm. the bathroom she's showering and all that shit and they have a uh, a washing machine in their bathroom is this something that you've encountered before? Um, I've seen them in the kitchen before. I, yeah, I mean, not really. I,
0: I don't. I don't really. I've never really encountered that. I mean, typically in 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 America, we you know, America.
2: In in America, it'll
0: have its own room. You know, you right? Can just have have a laundry room. A laundry room, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I know that in a lot of countries where uh, where there's uh, like space issues, like I know in Japan. Uh, they'll fit anything they can in anywhere, um, so why not?
2: Hey, it's, I it's entirely, I don't know why
0: not. Th- think think about it. Think about it. There is you know there is a a water line running through that room already as it is. Why not put a washing machine? I'm in?
2: thinking about it, Mo, and I like it. You're right. I'm totally convinced that was the right right thing to to say and do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Julia's sister gets it worse than almost everybody uh, because th- their ends <laughs> really were rather knows. quick. What? I said, yeah, she really does. She, uh, she sort of immediately gets sliced right down her spine, uh, in like a kind of a nasty way, mm. and then he starts uh, starts slamming her against the wall in a really brutal fashion. Actually,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, and then he gets really even more creepy by getting kind of sexual and saying like, yeah, "I love you." Starts, like, And starts, like, kissing her and shit. Yeah, it's creepy and it's uncomfortable in a way that I don't like my entertainment to be uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, the weird thing about all of this is that, okay, the sister was in the shower. Julia's just in her fucking room. Mm. Hears none of this. Doesn't hear her sister's head slamming against the wall and her screaming. Or her her father, like, getting murdered downstairs. She doesn't hear any of it. Or her mother getting murdered. Yeah. Yeah,
0: It doesn't make any sense.
2: I know. Because uh,
0: by 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 what we can tell, the bathroom is essentially next to her room. Yes, it's all
2: upstairs at the very least. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So anyway, she decides to check on uh, what's going on. I guess just generally, maybe she decides to go down and maybe tell her father about being in. No, the- that's exactly what happened. She just des- she she finally decides that she's going to tell somebody about what happened. She might have been traumatized, and maybe it just took her this long to snap out of it maybe. So she goes down to tell her father, but that becomes very difficult when she finds out that her father's head is not attached to his body anymore. <laughs> yep. He still has that machete through his head, too. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Um but the best part, I mean she she does she does, you know,
0: when she she sees the dead body, she she does manage to stifle her scream, though. Mhm. You know,
2: and then she decides she figures she's going to go call somebody, but the phone doesn't work. Yeah, the phone's all fucked. So yeah. so she's in uh she's in a lot of trouble at this point,
0: so she runs into the bathroom where she finds her sister's body burning in the tub
2: I mean this sucks for her sister, right? The implication is not only has she been uh sliced down the back that she's been kind of molested by this creepy weirdo and then set on fire and then set on fire that's rough, man like that's not a good way to go It's a bad way to go <laughs> no fun. And I think doesn't she? Uh, she locks herself in the bathroom. To uh, doesn't she? I think she does because then yeah, if she locks herself in the bathroom. But in this particular case, it's like
0: and, and Cliff immediately points it out. He's like the door is glass. He,
2: he also uh, cleverly mentions. He goes, "Unfortunately, I have to come in there and chop your head off." <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's very unfortunate for him. <laughs> Uh, I believe at this same moment, um, Julia's sister's a uh, boyfriend pulls up in his car, yeah. Uh, um, and she sees him out the window and tries to motion him to kind of uh, not come. Go into get the- help. Well, go get help and not come into the house. Yeah. And uh, but
0: he's kind of stupid, or not really stupid, but he doesn't really notice it until it's already too late, and he's already knocked on the door, and the front door opens, and then we're and then we're treated to. An amazing decapitation! Scene. It is
2: pretty great. I mean, oh. I love decapitations. Those of uh, anyone who remembers back to the uh, Las Vegas bloodbath episode and the uh, <laughs> Jehovah's Witness uh, getting his head cut off. <laughs> I mean, we have high standards, and this one was pretty good.
0: It was really good. I I really uh, I had a blast with this particular decapitation. Unless uh, lucky- standing because de- standing,
2: standing decapitations are kind of hard to do, you know. You gotta time it right. Gotta time it. So Julia takes this opportunity to, to escape from the bathroom and grab a pair of scissors, which she uses as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, um, she uses it on Cliff. She stabs him, and he. Well, I like how she she grabs the scissors and she's like, "I'm gonna go make a run for it," and yeah. like immediately is caught by Cliff. Well, she like trips over her own foot like a second later. <laughs> yeah, I mean you you know she's panicking. You gotta give her uh, cut her some slack. My favorite. Moment and maybe the entire uh, the the entire film is about to come up, and I want to explain it just for a second, please. What happens if, if, if it's if if you're going to talk about what I think you're going to talk about, then then I need explanation. Okay, well, what yeah. happens is that she uh, trips over her own foot, And knocks herself loopy like an idiot, uh, and then Cliff eventually wakes her up and <laughs> and kind of makes fun of her for a second for dropping the scissors. Yeah. Uh, but then he explains to her that really. They're meant to be that he's in love with her, and that he, what he wants more than anything else is to live a normal life just like everybody else, um, and that that they should have children and that they should be faithful to each other. And then we get this montage of their life together uh, in his brain. Yeah, and uh, it shows them like at a church and him spinning her around, and there's like a dog running through a field. And then what he sa- "What he says during during that
0: is." amazing he says i and i wrote it down because i loved it so much he goes he goes julia i want to have kids with you i want to penetrate you (laughs) i want you i
2: want you to absorb all my love juice it's you know what's interesting that i wrote down the same quote and my version of it has a slightly different translation Mm -hmm. Mine goes Julia I want to have children with you I want to enter you I want you to receive all my love I will not let anything come between us
0: I like mine better (laughs) I want you to absorb All my love juice
2: Yours is way better.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm totally gonna say that to women from now on. I want you to absorb all of my love juice.
2: So I love the idea that in his brain they show this scene of this weird fantasy of what he thinks their relationship is going to be when yeah. she literally just tried to kill him with a pair of scissors. And yeah. I love her response to it too, because she's in a very vulnerable situation at the moment. But she yeah. goes, "You kill, you kill people, want to be loved for it? You're fucking insane." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that's great. And uh, we also get a great moment here where he decides that he's going to feed her an eyeball. And oh yeah, and we get like the uh, inside the mouth cam.
0: Yeah, the in- inside inside the mouth cam. It's uh, it's pretty pretty great actually. And then I like I like how the camera sort of like um, follows the eyeball. Like it cuts to like a like a first person yeah, perspective it's, it's kind of, of the bizarre. eyeball. <laughs> it's that's
2: a- really weird. And it's it, there's really, uh, I mean it's it, the the it it's a very competently directed film in that we know most of what's going on it sort of makes sense but yeah. but there are very few stylistically interesting shots so this one kind of comes out of nowhere it's like now we're inside her mouth yeah exactly
0: because i mean like obviously we get like the like the teeth and everything from the inside it looks
2: awesome so uh, yeah it does and so it she, might be it might be my favorite shot of the entire film so she grabs a wine bottle while he's doing this and she smashes it over his head and then stabs him. And stabs him. And she almost escapes, too. But uh, Close. they have a lot of glass in their house. <laughs> well, it's great because... Um, so I guess... I mean, I'm assuming that
0: some kind of, like... Like either like some kind of like protection or like a storm door or right. something, you know. And it's like you know it's one of those big metal shutters. So she has to like press the button and wait for it to go up. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course, this gives this gives Cliff plenty of time to catch up to her
2: and uh, and just punches her through the glass door. Yeah, he punches her right through it. I mean, right through it, it. it. I mean, it's it it. I, I don't know how they did it because it just sort of like shows a lot of glass falling. Uh, yeah. So I think it was, I mean it, it's edited pretty cleverly. Um. So he has her outside now. She's again in a very vulnerable position. He says something like, "You're done for, slut," because <laughs> he's such a nice guy. Yeah, uh, he's, a good, he's a good dude. And then what happens, Mo? Someone appears out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> the guy from before, the mustache the who, guy, mustache guy from before, and of course, I only recognized him because of his mustache. Uh, comes out and he kind of and he says this. <laughs> Arsenal. Now, anybody who's been to our Facebook page today, uh, I posted a screenshot of it, and and Doug so uh, nicely posted an animated GIF um, of the uh, of that particular scene where basically what happens is the guy comes out, and he goes, "Hey, asshole!" <laughs> Cliff looks up and he shoots him in the head, and his head fucking explodes.
2: Yeah, it exploded. actually that's
0: actually the the his head exploding is our.
2: Uh, cover photo right now. I didn't know what that was, Mo. It just looks like a big red fucking mark all over thing.
0: I try. I tried to make sure that enough of his neck was shown,
2: but it's kind of it was tough. But that's what that is. That's that's his. That's Cliff's head exploding. So this guy who shot him was uh, the person who was behind him in traffic earlier, and we find out that he was actually a cop the He's whole time. A cop. Yep. And uh, and he decided that I guess he tailed him there or something or uh, I don't know. I'm um, trying to think of what he. Yeah. um
0: uh, what is he? He said he explained what he was searching for him.
2: Oh, um, well, we probably no. He caught the. He must have been the license plate or the kind of car or something. And he was looking.
0: Yeah, for yeah, him. yeah. And so and so he kind of searched the area and, by, and really it was only by chance happened to get there at the right time. But my favorite part about this is that he's talking to her about all this stuff. Meanwhile, she's sort of writhing on the ground. Covered in blood. Like, covered in blood and chunks. Yeah. You know, like on a pile of glass.
2: And he just doesn't think to, <laughs> to, to, to to you know, to help her. Ah, oh, the EMTs will take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a and really it, weird sorry, go ahead. It's just a really extended sequence now where we see her like her her like all the cops talking and people from the neighborhood are all milling yeah. around and she gets put into the ambulance. It just kinda goes so slowly. I love the ambulance guy, the EMT, who looks like a chubby Weird Al,
0: like, it's like <laughs> yeah. a chubby 1980s Weird owl It's great. And uh, so she yeah, – so the, o- the only really thing of note in this is that she's in the ambulance and she looks up and she thinks
2: she sees Cliff, but it's actually just chubby Weird Al. Yeah, because maybe she's losing it a little bit, which will happen when yeah. you see a guy's head just explode right in front of you. Exactly So that's the end of the story Like that is I don't know why I like to think that When Peter is telling the story To his sister That it's like And then he shoots him And his head explodes And then some people Start milling around And then the (laughs) EMTs arrive And it just keeps going And going And then she sees an EMT guy And for a moment He looks like Cliff Parker
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then yeah So we we finally go back To Peter and and his sister Who didn't like the story uh, I didn't like the then, story that much either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he and and then he flips out on her. He just starts like shaking her in the bed, he's like we always get to do what you want. <laughs> he's on heroin. Yeah, I mean, a he's on heroin, and I, but I love the fact that like that's that's his big thing. It's like he want he wants to tell her these stories because we always get to do what she wants.
2: So he's gonna do what he wants, which is so he's telling- like I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna tell these stories. Now I'm gonna say that I think the second story in this, which is called the Purity, I think it's significantly better than the first one. It is a hundred and fifty percent better, uh, and it's so much done. better in fact that it makes the first one look even worse. I mean, yeah, it's kind of sad. It's like as I was watching the second one because
0: I, you know, because like by the time I, uh, it took me, a, it took me. I had to watch the movie in two installments, you know, and it's basically like, like, because the first movie took me so long to get through, like the first story, I should say, like, I was almost kind of afraid to start the second one up. Um, so like I ended up doing that one today, and I'm and I'm I, you know, and I'm kind of almost glad that I waited to watch the second story because it's
2: so much better. Like a, like you almost think of it as the movie in and of itself. And when people talk about the nastiness of this film, it, they're really talking about the second story, and and in particular the last like 15 minutes or so of it. Yeah, the last 15 minutes of the movie are really like ultra violent. In fact, I think we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie, this uh section this story uh it, it's a period piece it takes place in nineteen fifty seven so I yeah. guess that's what he explains to his sister so this takes place in nineteen fifty seven i see I was imagining him i mean the, like they give the town, but obviously it's a like
0: really long German name, and I couldn't even like i didn't write it down.
2: It's really. in lower Bavaria yeah yeah, that's what it says,
0: yeah um <laughs> But anyway, 19, uh, 1957, and uh, and I just, yeah, I imagine him going, you know, okay, now imagine this. That's right. <laughs> Let me set the scene for you. <laughs> Let me set the scene for you. We're in a small town in Lower
2: Bavaria. It's 1957. <laughs> so it's a really foggy night, and uh, and this, it starts out in a very interesting way, where it's it basically- A woman and her friend are, ex- are talking about exchanging recipes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She hops on her bike. She hops on her bike and starts to ride off. Uh, that's right, but she doesn't get far because she's no. attacked by someone on the street who not only um, he hits her with a stick and uh, and he rapes her. Uh, Legitimately? Yeah. Well, not. <laughs> leg- <laughs> I don't believe so. Uh, <laughs> no, no. This this bespeckled man uh, hits her with a stick uh, and says something like "You are the purity" or something along those lines. Uh, and 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 he pulls down his pants and then he has to pull down his second layer of pants. Because <laughs> it's Germany, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then he rapes her, and it's very unpleasant. Eh, oh, it's everyone. so awkward. Yeah, it really is. I mean, not not that there's any not awkward rape, but I mean, like this is like really awkward. And uh, to add insult to injury, he then uh, afterwards shoots her in the head. Mm-hmm. But but that's awful, obviously. But what's uh, fascinating about it is that it immediately cuts to the same gentleman. Performing her funeral. Performing. Her, he's a priest. He's like he's a priest. He he's not only a priest. He is the priest of the, the village. Priest. I
0: love the fact that the that the corpse like in the box like still has the bullet wound in the head. Yeah, that's so weird, eh? I mean, like why? Like I mean, like even back then they would still fix something like that, or they would have done a closed casket.
2: <laughs> the really horrible thing is that it cuts right from him doing this rape to him in the sermon, going, "My rod and staff shall comfort thee." Yeah, and of course, and
0: and and uh, the the classic line of you know
2: the soul is willing but the flesh is yeah, weak. Yeah, it's it. So anyway, this guy is a real asshole, obviously. Uh, dirty, <laughs> but, and he's kind of like taking shots at her. <laughs> 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 but like he's condemning the murderer and the murder itself, and uh, we get a little look at some of the townspeople, mm-hmm. um, and they're like farmers and shit. Simple folk. And we get introduced uh, After the funeral is over To this sort of nebbish looking uh, farmer And Mm -hmm. he's talking to the priest on the way out And one of the townspeople says Watch it, we'll take care of you and kill you (laughs) Yeah Now I'm just trying to to piece together the plot a little bit here, Mo But I think that this character This farmer character Who's sort of an outcast Who's, yes Eustace, that's right Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, he's hated by the townspeople for no given reason. We don't for know no real apparent reason. Yeah. It just seems,
0: uh, it's as the story is being told, it just seems more and more that the only reason why they don't like him is because people are being killed. Yes. They- but there's, there's no evidence that he's the one performing the murders. It's just that because he's slightly awkward and really that's all it is. He's just an awkward kind of dude. They're just assuming that it's him doing.
2: This. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's not a lot of people in town. I like to think Mo that Peter telling this story he sees himself as Eustace, mm. right? He's he's putting himself, he's projecting himself into the story as an outsider, as someone who gets blamed for everything. Sure, sure. So Eustace and <laughs> and, and Eustace and the priest they have like a, a friendly relationship. He goes over and he hangs out with them, and they drink tea and shit, mm-hmm. uh, and they just talk. And they about, talk about death. Yeah, they do They talk about death <laughs> A lot <laughs> And, like, he talks about how he's afraid <laughs> Uses talks about how he's afraid that, Like, the townspeople are going to just murder him Out of nowhere and And the sad thing is, he's not wrong He's not wrong at all They totally want to murder him They want his ass dead and, and the funny thing is like they think I they think that he would just like show up to the funeral even though he's the one who did it. And I exactly. S- it's oh, I killed this woman. I'm just going to I'm going to go sit down
0: in the funeral. Though and, we say that, but it. the guy who did it, it was running the funeral. So. No, I know that, but I mean, but that's i mean, we're we're saying from the perspective of the town folk. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. They're not going to think that the priest is the one doing it. So, uh we get what at first was a little bit of a confusing scene to me um, That night, I guess it's that night or some night soon uh, We just see a couple who are asleep in their bed And they hear a dog barking mm-hmm. Thankfully it's not like that dog scene in Blood Cult Which just kept no. going on and on uh, No, uh, the, the guy goes down and checks the, uh, the dog, the noise uh, Finds nothing and he goes back upstairs And uh, when he sits down to get a quick drink He discovers The
0: priest yeah, the priest is standing in the doorway. And actually, this is this is uh, this is one of my favorite moments in the film uh, outside of the last fifteen minutes. Sure, uh, <laughs> because it's one of the very few times I've ever actually watched somebody unload a, a gun on somebody and then reload the gun and unload the gun on them again.
2: <laughs> I will say that this man who got woken up to go check on that dog and then come upstairs and have a drink, he does not go down easy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> like, finally, I mean, like, I think it's like the 11th or 12th bullet, uh, that finally shoots him in the head and kills him. But I mean, but it's just like, it's a ridiculous amount. It's almost like, um, uh, I can't think of the scene off the top of my head, but you know, you know what I mean? Like there's a couple of movies that have sure where someone just gets shot again and again, again, and, again. and again and again and they just
2: keep going and going. Uh, but it's not it's thing. not meant to be comical. I mean, it's in this case. I don't it's think It's
0: funny as hell, but it's not meant to be. I think it's just sort of meant I I think it's actually supposed to sort of imply the amount of brutality behind the behind sure. the killing. Cuz we but, see uh, a little bit of
2: that in just a little bit as well. Something that's like it, an extended a brutal scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But uh but really it comes off as just comical because like the you know every time he gets shot there's
2: like bang <laughs> uh,
1: bang <laughs> uh, Back.
2: <laughs> and the wife is the wife is there too, and she's probably not enjoying what she's seeing.
0: No, she she well she's not upstairs. She's not with the right, husband. She's right. in another room, you know, and she doesn't like she doesn't actually think to come out until like he'd already been killed.
2: <laughs> Sounds like gunshots out there. Father yeah, exactly. ooh, Whatever ooh, are you doing ooh. here? <laughs> what he is doing there is that he needs her. He needs the wife For he a does. sacrifice She is his way to eternity He says And he you takes out Like a Klingon mind. blade <laughs> One of those blades That the yeah, Klingons yeah. have They're called a Batleth Thank yeah. you <laughs> You are king dork Moe. I really am sometimes <laughs> But that is what they're called That is You're absolutely correct <laughs> And he does like this Satanic ceremony We're getting a little bit more Insight into what this oh, guy is Oh that's right
0: I mean. Yeah that's right he like, he like chains her up In, in, in I'm assuming Her basement uh, and you can tell it's a satanic ritual because there's a crudely drawn star uh, on the ground with a 900 <laughs> candles yeah, Lots of candles Just tons of candles And I mean, what I, what I assume is that there was no, uh, as far as that scene was concerned, there was no real way of doing any kind of external
2: lighting So that sure. was sort of their lighting means <laughs> So Maybe yeah. So we get the idea that this dude has some sort of satanic uh, leanings mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, He slits her throat he lets it pour into a chalice He drinks it, he rubs it all over himself This, this is a bad dude, this bespeckled uh, priest Yeah, I love how he says You are purified <laughs> I mean uh, he, We're going to find out in a minute How he got into this uh, line of work uh, <laughs> But there are questions I'm going to have to ask you Mo Because I need some elaboration on some of his decision making I'll see what I can do So uh, next day we, uh, we get back to our good friend Eustace Who is just chopping wood Nice guy You know, working hard. He is he is a farmer. Yeah, Uh, and uh, just as he predicted. (laughs) And what's even worse about it, I feel. You know, what makes
0: you feel even worse is because he's all alone. Like no, he like he doesn't have any help from anybody. You know, it's just he's just he's doing. He has to like he even talks to the priest about that on on at least one occasion where he's like, you know, it's like how you handling out there. He's like, oh, it's a lot of work, but you know, I'm all alone. But you know, but he's he's trying to get it done. But yeah, he's right. Out of nowhere. Uh, you know, And as he predicted I think it's
2: like four guys yeah. uh, Just kick the crap out of him Now they're accusing him of killing the girl from before Yeah, uh, With no proof And they decide they're just going to beat the fuck out of him Which they do And then the priest shows up Now What they're doing is illegal mm-hmm. I guess in 1957 in Lower Bavaria They had their own way of dealing with these sort of things So the priest just says Get out of here and I'll see you at church that's all yep. it takes. Uh, the, hey. He does uh, intentionally mention that one of the men is named uh, one of the men who are we were attacking were, is named Frank, and that'll become important a little bit later. Very important. Very important. So the priest tends to Eustace's wounds, and it seems like they have a legitimately friendly relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually do like each other, which yeah. is kind of interesting because uh, that night we see Ralph, who is the priest. We don't really they don't refer to him by name very much. Ralph. Yeah, I was gonna say I just wrote him. I wrote down the priest. I didn't even. I, I I never even caught that his name was Ralph. I think his father calls him by that because we get a, a dream oh. where we learn that Ralph, the priest, uh, when he was a kid, his father wanted him to become a priest. Mm-hmm. And what happened then, Mo? <laughs> Huh What happened What happened when he was He shows him praying And he's got like a crucifix In front of him
0: Oh and it like Turns into like Like
2: a lightning
0: strikes And it turns into like A
2: demon And Uh some
0: Evil woman uh, Something Hands him a book
2: Yeah like a Like a Like a satanic bible
0: But it's like covered In like Like freaking like costume jewelry gemstones.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's really corny looking. (laughs) She's she's just a woman at first, and she gives him this book like it's like the Necronomicon or something. Who gives a fuck? But uh, (laughs) he's looking at it, and uh, she she walks away, and then she turns around suddenly, and she's got like a demon face, and Mm. she goes, "I come from hell." <laughs>
0: it was German, but that's that was the demon saying, "I come from hell."
2: <laughs> so uh, I guess I don't like. Wouldn't you think that for him, who is now working for Satan, that's what we get yeah. the impression? This would be like a really great dream, right? Because this is he's remembering something that was a very important thing for him. Uh, but he wakes up and he looks a little bit bothered by the dream.
0: Now it was weird about about him waking <laughs> waking up. You're right; he does seem very bothered about the dream.
2: Um, um but when he wakes when he wakes up like his kettle is going off. Yeah. So I guess he'd like took a nap while he was boiling some water. But he was in bed. But he was in bed and he looked like he was sleeping. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those old timey uh stoves where it takes like eight hours to boil water. <laughs> He's boiling it really slowly. <laughs> so he does something very curious at this point. Uh, he goes and gets his Satanic Bible uh, And he reads uh, And we learn You know, he's working for Satan uh, And and then what happens? Is that the point where he puts
0: One chamber, one round in the chamber And blows his head off?
2: Yeah, he puts a, he takes out a gun And he, uh, he puts a bullet in it And he shoots himself in the head But I don't know why I don't understand why he decided this would be I mean... I, isn't there a voiceover? I think it says something like come Ralph, free thy soul. So I guess Satan is kind of beckoning him to kill himself?
0: Yeah, I guess so. It just seemed very weird. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of instances in the film where some kind of weird voiceover, like disembodied voice tells them to do stuff and they do it. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean when the voice says you I mean it's, it probably has something to say that's intelligent and makes sense, right? Uh, but or, I, or it tells you to kill kill yourself. Well, in this case, Uh, The priest killing himself Worked out very badly For Eustace Because The men who before uh, Tried to beat the shit Out of him Because they thought That he raped and killed That girl Well now they think That he raped and killed That girl And he killed the priest (laughs) Which seems unlikely For a number of Different reasons But that's what they think yeah And in fact we see them at a bar Or something And they're upset about the priest being dead And they're drinking beer And they're really They're just All they're really doing Is trying to decide Who's gonna go kill this guy Yeah it's pretty great too Cause it's like
0: um, You know Like th- there's not really A whole lot of talking going on It's just sort of like Them clinking beers together And like drinking And everybody's really angry And you know, it's it's actually a pretty pretty great scene. They 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 say a lot without saying really anything that's at all. True. It's just a lot of
2: angry dudes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just sort of clink gulp. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so this but then they but then they end up. Uh, one of the guys gets up and walks over to Frankie and drops a bunch of money. Essentially, I'm assuming
2: yeah. in front of him. Um, you know, so he so so Frankie is the man. Now, uh during all this as well there's a woman who works at this bar and she overhears what's happening and she yeah. decides that she's going to uh warn Ulysses about what's happened what's upcoming for him that they're going to try to kill him. And she does that. Yeah, she yeah, she rides up on her bike
0: and or she walks up with a bike. <laughs> and um and she and she yeah, she warns him about it. In my copy there's a really great uh misspelling. On the uh, on the subtitles and this one they they, they uh, she she's talking to him and they said that uh, they balm him for the uh, for the oh, instead eggs. of blame him yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny though she tells him that she he should go and leave very quickly and that makes a lot of sense but he's like you know I'm a farmer I have to keep farming I'm not going <laughs> he's like anywhere. I still got work to do so she says well just stay away from downtown until all this blows over. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is that we already know that they've come to his farm before to try to kill him yeah. uh or at least beat the shit out of him so it's not like it's unlikely that they're going to come there to do something uh mm-hmm. he, you know he really should be expecting it at this point and uh and indeed it does happen oh yeah and one of the most brutal scenes in the film even though it's not necessarily one of the most violent it's, it's very, not one of the most graphic it is yeah. it's incredibly brutal though just because of the how extended it is yeah Frank, so basically
0: so basically what happens, yeah, Frankie, uh, you know, uh, you know, Eustace walks out with a, uh, with a wheelbarrow full of implements. He's, you know, cleaning up the yard and, um, and he kind of puts him down and he, he goes to, he goes back to close the door and, and behind the door is where Frankie's standing there and, uh, and Frankie basically attacks him with a hammer. Yeah. Um, repeatedly. And keeps attacking him. And keeps hitting him and keeps attacking him. And eventually, uh... You know does some serious damage to his face and he's uh you know he gets him down and he starts slamming his head into the into the uh slate exactly you know and theres a huge pile of blood it's really brutal and then uh he finishes him off with a uh
2: with a pitchfork to the gut yeah so he really beats Eustace to death and then finishes oh, yeah. him off with that pitchfork and it's fucking awful and brutal it uh really and and Frank it's it's sort of interesting how they portray this, which is that Frank, by himself, having to do this, this is not a pleasant task for him. Uh, mm. You know, he immediately he goes home and like he washes his hands, and his friend comes in, and he totally guilt trips him about it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Are you sure that he did it?" And it's like Christ, <laughs> you know, like twenty minutes ago, all you guys were sure that he did it, but I, I mean, it. You know, he's feeling a little bit of guilt about it.
0: Yeah, and I like how I like how he finishes off the conversation. Well, he, he goes, "Well, well, God be with you." <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> you asshole.
2: <laughs> also, he figures that no one is going to find uh, Eustace's body because uh, he just left it there on the ground. But no, no one. Is- I think he's, I think he said something like he, he's not.
0: He's not concerned that it's going to get back to him because they are all in on it. Because they're all in on it. Right. So he's like, "Why, why bother hiding the body when it doesn't matter?" Exactly.
2: So that night, Frank goes to bed. Fra- Frankie goes to Hollywood into bed. I was trying to avoid that joke. You know, Mo. I'll, well, I'll go for the easy <laughs> joke every single time. I'm going to guess that on your copy that his name is Frankie as opposed to Frank. Is that correct? Well, because I keep saying Frankie. Yeah, and that's, why saying Frank. that's why I'm. That's why I'm asking. Okay. Yeah, his name's Frankie on my on my version. So, uh, Ralph, the priest uh, His voiceover appears (laughs) And uh, he uses his satanic powers, I guess To uh, Mm -hmm. bring the corpse of Eustace uh, back to life As like a zombie Brings him back Fueled by Satan (laughs) It's like Mountain Dew Kind of If uh, if you uh, I'm speaking to the viewer now The viewer or listener Probably listener (laughs) Right now (laughs) Unless we've been animated Uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have seen some Just like one clip From this film It's probably the clip That's about to happen mm. Which is where Zombie Eustace, uh, Eustace uh, Draws uh, basically Like three sixes On Frank's uh, House And Yeah I lo- And I love how the I love how the crucifix Come flying off the wall And catches fire Yeah they just burst into flames awesome Really <laughs> great Frank suddenly wakes up In tremendous pain And this leads to
0: well, he doesn't. He doesn't like just get up. Like it's almost like he seems to like stand straight up in his bed. Yeah, you know, and he's like he's clutching his stomach in agony, and then he like he like sees
2: a blue light, and then he's transported to hell. We get what is now hellish, nightmarish imagery, a, a slew of it, and so. This... Needless
0: to say, this is the last fifteen minutes of the this film.
2: This is the last fifteen minutes of the film, and shit's about to get real. <laughs> This is absolutely the best part of the movie it's, well, I, I mean, mean it depends what you're in it for uh when it, with with this movie because well if you're a
0: gore if you're a gorehound, which is what most people I would assume watching this movie is why they're watching it. I should say, um you know this is what they're looking for
2: it's uh it is a cavalcade of horrible things <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, you get to see uh, lots of body parts, Mm -hmm. uh, lots of of blood and fog. I mean, it is nightmarish, but you get to see, like, organs being, like, stepped in. And And everybody's screaming
0: and everybody's getting torn to bits. Someone's on fire for some reason. People in cages. Uh,
2: uh, There's, like, um, like, a a head with, like, fire coming out of its eyes.
0: Yeah. And there's, like, a woman, like, coddling a, a head. Uh, and a,
2: a, and a guy on guts. crutches. I mean, like, there's just a lot of the shit. The guy on the crutches is great because his leg is just sort of, like, dangling there. It's pretty cool. And someone's face gets ripped off. I mean, and then I like how it's just all this awful stuff. All these horrible, disfigured people are there. And then, uh, so, like, they all get shot. Like, they all get shot and then one blows his own head off. Well, my favorite part is right
0: before, the, right before everybody starts getting shot, um... A, a dude gets his head smashed in with a, with a sledge sledgehammer, hammer, yeah, and and there's blood splattering all over the place. And one of those, <laughs> one of the blood splatter shots, I figured you'd probably really enjoy. Oh yes, because uh, it's just his extreme close up on this dude's crotch, and he's wearing like a studded leather codpiece. Yeah, <laughs> it's just blood splatter.
2: Yeah, I got I got my note says blood on a codpiece, and uh... yeah, that's
0: what mine says too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So this is uh, this is awful. I mean, it's awful in the way that it's just a whole bunch of awful stuff happening. Oh, at it once. Was a lot, yeah. And it's so weird that I mean, it's it's like it's like he Olaf Hittenbach decided. Okay, I'm just gonna see how much horrible shit I can put into one little scene, yeah. And we'll just call it a view of hell because we don't see Frank E. Uh, in this <clears throat> scene. We just we are supposed to interpret that this is what he's seeing in his own mind. No, we get Frankie eventually. Well, we do now, but th- yeah. during all this shit, this disgusting stuff happening, we don't see him. Yeah, uh, but we do then see that he, apparently Frank is in hell. Yeah, and he gets strapped down to a table, which
0: which I gotta really appreciate how they did it. Cause they do. I mean, it's a you know, it's it reverse motion the way they do it. You know. Oh right. Yeah, and it's just it's really clever because. Um, because it makes him like it makes it seem like he's really quickly getting tied down instead of
2: really slowly lifting up. You know, we're told uh, we're, tol- we're told that Frank has the gift of never dying.
0: Well, no, they had mentioned that earlier in the You're film right. that like anybody who goes to hell will never die. They'll they'll suffer the torments of hell forever. It does look pretty unpleasant, I have to say. Yeah, which doesn't make sense. Why the person shot himself in the head before? That's just
2: shit to, to just- mess with Frank's head, man. I guess, uh, I guess so. <laughs> It would work Because we have Okay, so he's, he's strapped down And yeah. these dudes Who like They look kind of fucked up Like they're kind of pinheadish One guy yeah, has yeah, like yeah. His eyes filled with nails and stuff uh, They're like operating on him
0: Yeah, they're like Hammering nails into him And like Corkscrewing his
2: eye And cutting him open and shit The, the thing that got to me the most And I think Was it's the, probably The teeth drilling Yeah, they do Use yeah. an electric drill on his teeth Oh. And you see all, like, the shards and stuff come up, and it is thoroughly unpleasant. I mean, it oh, sucks to watch. it's a great effect. Yeah, it's, it's a great a... effect.
0: I mean, because clearly, I, th- I mean, it seems like they're just using, you know, dentures, which is probably what they did. Yeah, exactly. But and it's it such was... a
2: simple thing, but it
0: looks great. Oh, it's so effective. I mean, for me, teeth and eyes well, you always... You... Will always make me squirm Well
2: you get both of them Yeah Because they use that corkscrew To pull his eyeball out Oh yeah Uh, So they have this big slit In his stomach And they start like Pulling like guts out With various (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Tools They use like
0: uh, I forget what they call it It's called Is it like an Archimedes screw Is that what that's called That's exactly right probably yeah. <laughs> well, they, you know, they 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 shove one of those down there and pull a whole bunch of guts out. And Then, like the dude, like puts both of his hands <laughs> into the dudes. It, uh, it's it's wild. I like really after is.
2: seeing all like because this has just been a straight on just just a, a river of gore that's been happening. Totally, I was like, well, yeah. but there's no way they can really end it with something special, but they do because they they, do. they strap his legs and they start opening them up. And I'm like, what's gonna happen here? And yeah. they. Rip him apart.
0: Yeah, they yeah, they tear they tear him into pieces. You know, they they essentially draw and quartered him only minus the arms. It looks rough, man. <laughs> it's it's a pretty fantastic effect though. I mean it works. It's really brutal to watch, really kinda of painful.
2: Yeah, it's painful and it, it it hits kind of a little um below the waist. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, but I mean things like the T thing and things like the eyeball yeah. thing. I mean it'll hit your sweet spot in terms of stuff that you don't like to watch, sure. but you might want to see just because you want to say that you saw it. Exactly. Uh, people who are listening to this know what I'm talking about.
0: I oh. think I think I think our I think most of our audience is is
2: you know is there, we know what you're talking what what you're talking about. Frank wakes up suddenly. We see him in bed once again. But he doesn't really wake up because he's dead now Yeah Yeah Yeah, he kind of like shifts You know and then we're like he's dead And we uh Now Eustace wasn't a Satanist We never got any implication that he was No But I guess like you know he, because his friend was buddy-buddy with Satan I guess, you know, it kind of helped him out
0: He did a favor for him you know, he, goes, he goes, through doing this Eustace has paved his way into the kingdom of immortality
2: Yeah, so I guess he's going to hell And that's probably going to be a big surprise for him Because he didn't know that his good friend was a Satan <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, Ralph <laughs> So uh, that's the end of that story Peter uh, finishes it off uh, And his sister is asleep So I guess it worked Um I, I'd like to, again, I'd like to get a sense of how he was describing, because then he's in hell, and there's this dude with a gun, and there's a sledgehammer, and... <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a skull, and there's flames coming out of his eyes, and
0: there's a dude, his teeth are getting drilled, and they pull his eye out with this corkscrew, and then they pull his legs
2: off. So Peter... Peter!
0: He Pumpkin decides weird.
2: that uh, that he's very upset. <laughs> he's, he's crying, almost. Well, not yet, but he's really, really touched or depressed or something from the story that he just told and uh, because he's a nihilistic teenager probably uh maybe early 20s uh he does what people in the 90s would do in this situation
0: uh hold on i think you're jumping the gun on something because did you just say that his sister was asleep is she not asleep she's dead is she yeah he stabbed her in the gut
2: with a knife there's like a close-up of it I must have uh <laughs> I don't see yeah, that no, my, he, I don't see that in th- my notes Mo, so I don't think it happens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he yeah, he puts uh he, he he puts his hand over her eyes like to close the eyes like you do after after the person's dead. Um yeah, and then they show the knife in her gut and then uh um, That and makes and what the-
2: happens next make a lot more sense. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> but now you may continue oh <laughs> well, I like i I disliked Peter before, but now I really dislike him, um because yeah. he, he, now he's upset for a very good reason. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he finished the story before he stabbed her. I guess it doesn't really matter, so he goes downstairs have... in his upset state and he has a knife, so I guess that does make sense that he would have that knife now. <laughs> and he sits down, and uh, let's not belay the point. He uh, he slits his own wrist, uh, and blood squirts out, and then he falls down. And he's dead. Yeah, he hits that ground hard, too. Hey, he's the director. You gotta you gotta <laughs> you know sacrifice the body.
0: Yeah, like you know, like like I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming it's all f- like Foley work that that. But whatever whatever it is, that one thump was like painful it like made me sh- shake
2: you know <laughs> you, you almost didn't say shake just then Mo it ends with the close-up of a picture of a sister which I guess that makes a lot more sense now too <laughs> 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 I really Duggle. need to I always need to have a backup of somebody watching a movie with me just to remind me of things that I didn't necessarily pay attention I was paying attention to this movie by the way yeah Uh, I'm glad that in the written review Over at Daily Grindhouse I didn't mention how little sense That whole thing made
0: (laughs) I can't believe you watched this movie twice And didn't catch that either time
2: What are you gonna do? (laughs) So then we get the closing credits Because the movie's over Yeah Yeah Olaf Ittenbach's name appears like 30 times during the credits <laughs> because he, I mean, he did all the special effects, he wrote and he acted and he directed and I mean, yeah, he did a bunch of shit to make this. Movie yeah, I was happening.
0: gonna say his. I was gonna say his IMDb page is pretty is pretty fascinating because it's like it's it, it's one of the few situations where you see. I mean, I guess Sean Gallimore is probably the other one where you see like more. You know, where you see his name listed more for other things, so like special effects specifically, than you do for like writing or directing.
2: He has done special effects for Uwe Boll's, uh, some of his films, which is interesting, uh, Mm. for Blood Rain in particular, because he started his career, I'm talking about um, uh, Olaf Hittenbach, as a a dental, uh, I guess, assistant, Mm. and, and he does like prosthesis for. For teeth, which I guess yeah. that makes a lot more sense In this movie as well But I also watched a film that he makes, did
0: Makes sense for Blood Rain
2: <laughs> Yeah, definitely uh, I saw a film that he did the uh, special effects for Called K3 Prison of Hell Which mm. is sort of like a Women in prison film uh, Ultra violent And it's pornographic That sounds awesome it's, uh, It has its moments, I suppose <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest, I don't really... I don't necessarily enjoy a lot of gore. I mean, when I was a teenager, I probably would have ate this stuff up. But when I think about this movie, I think about those moments where it's it's something that it's it's, it's like wow, that's really cool. He, he yeah, obviously yeah. put a lot of effort into that. But I mean, I it's fully possible I'll never watch the Burning Moon again because it's not really a good movie.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I you know I mean I I'm a bad example in this one because I generally don't watch films a second time anyway, but. um... Yeah, I think I think I probably am in the same boat. I mean, I enjoyed it. I watched it. Uh, I liked it for what it was. Um, I'm not going to be one of those people who said it's the greatest movie ever made, you know. But uh, I, I will say that it's that it was enjoyable
2: for what it was. But I'll probably never watch it again. I mean, it is better than most no budget films. Certainly, the sure. ones that we cover. I mean, sure. it's well made in the sense that you know the photography for for something shot on uh, what looks like. Not even professional grade VHS You know it looks It's all well edited It it, it flows together Except for a few weird moments It pretty much flows together And makes sense Uh, And we don't It's hard to judge the quality of the acting It looks like mostly amateurs But the special effects are great So it's a good no budget film But it's not a good film It's really nihilistic The gore is never played for laughs I mean it's it's almost entirely Just meant to be as unpleasant as possible Mm. Uh, And it's you know It's it's works almost like a special effects demonstration uh, More so than an actual, you know, fully realized movie Yeah So, I mean, I think people should see it if they're into that sort of thing Sure, sure Uh, But uh, certainly compared to something like Primutos Which is a much, much more entertaining and enjoyable And equally violent film um, you know, I'd probably recommend that well before this. I also seen a movie by Olaf Ittenbach uh, called Beyond the Limits, which also has a ton of gore in it. I mean, his movies are are known. Didn't that one just get a? Like a DVD or Blu-ray release I saw it a couple of years ago I know it, it was from 2003 But maybe it got a recent release as well yeah. I mean he's still making films uh, in, yeah, fact, yeah. in fact in fact, he's been quite prolific uh, Since this movie came out Certainly in the 2000s And he's made a lot of films that have been filmed entirely in English as well uh, And some of those feature some really rough acting If you've seen clips of them Online uh, I mean it's 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 the reality Of probably The, the language barrier That exists um, Sure and, and And when he's Making a movie Just to display As much violence As possible I guess the acting Isn't really the most Important part anyway
0: I have a uh, uh, Changing the subject For a quick second I have Like talking about Germans in You know German in English um, I have a, an album From a band Called Die Kassiere Which means the Cashiers in German um, Huh yeah, they call themselves the gentlemen of shit. And they, <laughs> that should be the band name, really. <laughs> they're awesome. They're they're really a, an incredibly funny band. And they, they put out an entire album. Uh, they put out an album, an entire album of their work in English. And some of the songs are just so goddamn funny. I mean, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes very intentionally. <laughs> but there's songs like, uh, uh, come on, get your tits out so I can have a wank. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that that's the full title of the song. Um, God has the IQ of one billion. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Why is that one of the titles? I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, Hey, alien, where's your asshole? Because I want to lick it right now. That's the full title of the song. Uh, <laughs> and it's just but but and like and i found the album totally by accident and it's hilarious a, a lot of the, a lot of their stuff is on is on youtube so you might actually be able to uh uh to find some of it but if you can find the stuff that's in english that stuff is Amazing.
2: Well, it sounds equally entertaining to watching this film. Uh, just is. reading some of those those, those song titles. I, I don't know if, if actually listening to the song. Uh, maybe it would be as pleasant. I don't. It's know. like
0: it's like com it's like punk rock, but comedy. Like oh, okay,
2: like f- funny punk rock. I thought it was I th- good. It I thought it was actually be like actually sludged. musically speaking, they're way better than they are lyrically. Right. I was thinking that it was, it was either something like. Hardcore or grindcore or something no, like that. No, it's not like
0: Borknagar, you know, oh, okay. like where, where it's like that weird, sort of like funny but industrial metal.
2: No. <laughs> uh, so that's all I have to say about uh, the Burning Moon. It did have a burning moon, did have a lot of violence, uh, but it's probably not worth your time unless you're really into gold. Unless you're into
0: that sort of thing.
2: So those yeah. those who are listening to this and they're like, they're going to cover the burning moon, man. They're going to love that shit. Yeah, no, that's not really the shit that I love. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, I mean, if I have to make
0: a specific example, you know, like poor, poor Mike. But I mean, he was like, he was like, tell
2: everybody how awesome it is. I'm like, well, <laughs> I can't promise that. <laughs> uh, it's I can see why some people would really dig it. Uh, and it's sure, for- I mean I get it, I totally get it but the but even within that realm of gore film, there are still films that are way better yeah th- there's no doubt about it though this one is has the the kind of uh uniqueness of being such a low budget and sure. the fact that the, the director did the special effects himself and obviously it's something that he poured a lot of his time into. we should mention. By the way, that Mike that you're talking about is uh, Mike from the uh, Badasses Boobs and Body Counts podcast. Booya! Uh, which I actually just uh, I just recorded last Friday, uh, an yeah, appearance on that. I'm recording this Friday with. You. I know. We even talk about that on the podcast, uh, and that's uh, and it should be releasing probably around the same time as this uh, podcast drops. But we talk about the Shaw Brothers uh, kaiju, sort of kaiju, even though it's Chinese film, uh, Inframan uh, and uh, Gamora film from the mid '90s uh, called uh, Gamera Two: Attack of Legion. I think. Uh, I think the, it, it's either Attack of or Attack of the, but it's probably the one that's least uh, sensical <laughs> 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 But we had a great I, time. Yeah, as I was gonna say, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a pretty big
0: fan of the Gamera films. They're re, they're completely ridiculous. And I remember I, I only saw Inframan once, but I remember
2: it being really fun. Inframan is awesome, and yeah. uh, no matter what Mike tells you, it's uh, the the Production values on that are actually quite high, um, and that gamma film from the mid '90s—that is—looks great. Not, it's actually not very goofy at all. And though it sounds to me, because I I have very little background in in uh, giant monster movies and kaiju films, mm-hmm. uh, it sounds to me, Mo, that uh, that you would have been a better guess for that particular. <laughs>
0: part. But no, it was, yeah, it's yeah, it's like we should have we should have switched because I'm doing Forbidden Planet. Well, that's... And Soylent Green. Oh man, that would have been awesome. What what's the deal, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> as you said, I would I would have totally been the right person for the for the
2: giant monsters night. Mo, uh, what other podcasts or podcast related things have you been involved in lately?
0: Uh, well, I mean, obviously my show. Uh, and the most the most recent episode which dropped, uh, well, I guess today. What is yeah, that dropped, show, Mo? Uh, Drunk on VHS. Hmm. Um. Yeah. The sh- the show took a very interesting turn as uh, I had the uh, the the resident extreme cinema uh writer at couch cutter on and we talked about sex and violence in in extreme cinema and uh we were both very very drunk uh for that episode it's a very interesting conversation and Nate's uh yeah his name's Nate um <laughs> he uh his girlfriend Jody was on as well and uh, man like it, it was it was kind of crazy like listening to her talk about video drone was was like a huge fucking turn on. I was like, this is awesome. You like, Nate, you've got the best girlfriend ever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so there was that. And then, uh, um, uh, schlock treatment, uh, which is another really great show. They, they, uh, because of the storm, they couldn't get, they couldn't all get together to do their 100th episode. Uh, so Mark, uh, the, the sort of the main host there, Uh, had this sort of brilliant idea uh, to invite a bunch of other podcast hosts and do, like, a Google Hangout um, and obviously, like, record it broadcast live. So now it's all on YouTube right now. I don't think he snagged the audio from it. I think he just has the YouTube video up. Um, And he called that the Frankencast, which I posted on our Facebook page. It really is
2: amazing Um, to see all of these podcast hosts uh, and assorted people all in one location, all talking at once.
0: I felt bad for CT from Nerd Lunch because it's just like it's like you know I mean basically it was it was me um, it was Ralph Santiago from RS3 Feed uh, who is a character and a half. Uh, the, I've been John, invited on his show. I got to get on there soon. You really do. It's a great show, um, John from After Movie Diner, which our our audience should know, <laughs> um, and three of the guys from uh, uh, from Slot Treatment: Mark, uh, Kirk, and Doug. Hey, I'm Doug. <laughs> well, you were supposed to be on, but I think you would, you went to go see what was I like, doing? You were watching like Night of Living Dead,
2: right? I was, and I, I'm glad that you let me transition to this. It's the only reason I asked what you were doing in the first place. Uh-huh. Uh, I was at that time. I was in Toronto at the Bell Lightbox uh, because they were showing. Uh, night of the Living Dead Dawn of the Dead And Day of the Dead As a triple feature With George Romero Doing an introduction To Night of the Living Dead In person Nice uh, So it was Night of the Living Dead On 16mm Dawn of the Dead On digital And then Day of the Dead Was a 35mm print And it was nice. a pretty Terrific night As long as you don't Ask Jill how it went Jill how did it go? <laughs> it was very long Yeah it was very long <laughs> She did like Bub. She had never seen any of the films before, so this was an oh, entirely really? yeah. She none of them. She wow. thought Night of the Living Dead. Get this was boring uh, and what? uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. I just did an
0: episode not too long ago about Night of the Living Dead on Drunk on VHS, and we were just talking about how like how like even after all these years, it's still a very effective horror film. Like it's really, uh, it's genuinely frightening. It
2: is, and yeah. th- that idea has it, it kind of, it hits you right in that sweet spot of things where it kind of captures your imagination. and it makes sure. you project yourself into that situation, and you start to come up with scenarios. I mean, it really people still do it all the time. You hear about it all the time. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I always notice, especially in recent viewings, is uh, how uh, I forget the character's name, but everyone knows the asshole in Night of *The Living Dead*, the one that's trying yeah. to stay. Rob it, yeah, the guy looks like Rob Cordry as my. Wife. <laughs> uh, he uh, he's he. At the very beginning, he says how it's be much safer in the basement. Uh, that there's too many windows up there. That they're going to get in eventually. And of course, he's proven entirely right at the end of the movie. And I love, I just love the irony of that, just because he is such an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's such a, I mean, it's a great movie. All three of them are great movies, and one of my kind of formative. Films was Dawn of the Dead as a teenager Oh, without a
0: doubt, yeah, me too
2: and, and I saw it so many times, and I don't give a shit about the remake I, I just loved that original so much uh, So the chance to see that on the big screen Was really unique for me, and I loved it The remake lost me after Like, like at least like the first Like five minutes The first five the minutes
0: film. are really good, right up to yeah. the
2: end of the Opening credits with that Johnny Yeah, right to the end
0: of the opening credits, and then it's like, fuck this
2: movie Zombie babies and whatnot
0: Yeah, it's really stupid, but but I'm with you. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm generally pretty, pretty anti remake as it as it goes. Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, I loved the first five minutes of the remake. I hated the rest of the film. So I'm I'm pretty good with uh, with, with sticking with the
2: original. On Let's that stick one. with it, Mo. Stick with it, uh, Mo. Yep. If any listeners of the podcast would like to contact us, we already mentioned the fact that they could uh, come up with a logo uh, and uh, through our Facebook page. Um, how would be, how would be, hmm, what would be the best way for them to do so?
0: Well, I mean, hey, there's, okay.
2: <laughs> there's, there's best.
0: And then there's easiest, but well, we'll <laughs> there's a couple of different options here. We'll go through all of them. Um, I think the easiest way to get in contact with us would be through Facebook. They can get they can contact us right on there. It's it's uh, Facebook dot slash No Budget Nightmares, no
2: spaces. A lot of special um, stuff goes up on the Facebook page. A lot of images and videos. especially recently. We yeah, cover. we
0: yeah yeah we tend to do screenshots and and videos of the films. Uh, anytime you do any writing, it goes up there. Anytime I do anything else, it goes up there. You can follow um, our appearances and other podcasts there as well. Exactly, exactly. You know uh, whether it be my Normal other show or any you know any uh, extra special guest star roles uh, that either one of us do goes up there absolutely Um, special guest. It's it's sort of it's yeah I was gonna say it's sort of the hub for everything that is Mo and Doug. Mm Um, they can also uh, follow either of us on Twitter. I am at Drunk on VHS,
2: and I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L. EY, Did I catch uh, you in and the middle I recently. Of a drink there? <laughs> what? Did I catch you in the middle of a drink there? <laughs> I uh, no, you didn't actually. I, and I, I just oh, recently okay. passed my two thousand follower mark, uh, which is a very Ooh. special. I know. Now I'm, you no I'm longer excited. qualify for that list. I know that list before. I'm out. I'm out, man. I'm somewhere above it. I'm somewhere in the ether. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, congratulations! Because I still haven't—I'm still hovering around the thirteen hundred mark myself. Um, Loser. Yeah. My problem is I end up—I I always end up getting caught up in conversations with the same like three or four people. Uh, of course, you being one of them, and, uh, and and I just never really reach out to <laughs> to new people. You so need- like ninety nine percent of my tweets are just directly.
2: To other people You need to capture the attention of your local community And you need, need to do. infest it like a disease Look, I gotta tell you, man If if,
0: if Hamden uh, Which is the town That I don't live in, but it's the town I grew up in You know, if Hamden had the same Sort of, like, community Whether it be online or In real life, that Peterborough Seems to have, uh, I would be All over that shit but it's just but we have nothing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's,
2: it takes the initiative of, of a few people to have something to kind of revolve around. But yeah, no, Peterborough is lucky to have a, a strong community, and it's great that they all recognize me as their leader. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only half kidding on that one.
0: Uh,
2: um, let's see. <laughs> Mo, have we had any letters uh, or emails sent to us lately? No, I don't believe so.
0: I have to check because I, you know, I mean, if we did, it was a while ago. Hold on a second. What the <laughs> hell is this? Uh, yeah, I guess we did actually. We did? Yeah. What? From, from, well, from our fr- good friend, Ashley on, uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Um, uh, here, I'll, I'll read it even though this, I, I hope, I hope this is okay. Cause I, I haven't read this, so oh, shit. I don't know if it's appropriate. Um, this is Hi Mo and Doug. Uh, Smiley emoticon, smiley emoticon Smiley emoticon Um, I am popping your respective Email cherries, or am I Popping your respective email cherries? No, you're not, not, Ashley Um, As I'm sure you're probably well aware uh, From my tweets, I've been making my way backwards Through uh, the episodes from The most recent, Dead is Dead, and currently Finishing up with episode 15, Gorno An American Tragedy, I'm so sorry Uh, As a note Uh, I find the quote-unquote newer interest intro, especially the cute little theme songs, very enjoyable. Uh, You guys are highly entertaining, well-versed, and super informative. She's talking about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I consider myself a very casual horror fan. um, But I have still found uh, myself totally entertained by your podcast, uh, even if it is a bit more of a niche interest. Nice use of the term niche Mm. Uh, Thanks for entertaining me for the last few weeks And someone better hook me up with episodes 1 through 11 I already told her how to get those uh, Since I can't seem to access those And only have 5 left until I run out Don't make me go all crazy junkie on you guys Your self-proclaimed number one fangirl,
2: Ashley She really is is a crazy fangirl, by the way She's great She's, she's um, listened to all the episodes going backwards She's eventually going to get the hip-hop locos And I don't even I can't even imagine doing that But hasn't she also watched all of the movies? She watched the entirety of Rock, Paper, Scissors She's watched some of I mean I, I, She's not even She doesn't really love no-budget cinema Because who does? <laughs> well, I mean, aside <laughs> but, from us But she loves us, Mo And that's what's important <laughs> That's the most important thing Mo, I actually have a piece of mail as well
0: well, we should also mention that uh, if you go onto our Facebook page right now, the profile picture is yes. one of those uh, is one of those Irma Gerd uh, 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 pic- uh, memes uh, that she made for us. It says Irma Gerd Nerd Budget Nerdmers.
2: <laughs> she's the best. It's and, really awesome, uh, yeah, and we need more people like her and less people like you. Hey I'm not talking about you I'm talking um, about, You know who I'm talking about well, We know who we're talking about Speaking of other people <laughs> who are not Ashley uh, I got an email that I, I think I forgot to send over to you <laughs> Yeah, obviously, obviously you forgot to since I didn't get it It's from Robert Long, who's uh, one of our Facebook oh, yeah, followers rock. And he writes Dear Mo and Meg Tilly He got my name wrong <laughs> <right> there <laughs> that's, that's not yeah. funny uh, So he says <laughs> Did did, did he at least do T I L E Y? He did. He got it correct. So good on him. All right, good. So he's right. He says, I wanted you to know that nine times out of ten, I think your show is hilarious. A little underhanded thing. That's not really a compliment. I mean, it's good, but anyway. When you do recommend a film, I try to seek it out. When you say keep away from one, I don't touch it with a 30 foot Ron Jeremy pole. (laughs) Keep up the great work. Loved your take on Dead is Dead. Thank you. I like that, Robert Long. Yeah.
0: Well, um, Rob's an interesting cat. He did a lot of work. I mean, like, I mean, talk about a guy who's who who's been involved with no budget film before. I mean, he did a lot of work with Don Doler. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, he's he's a cool cat. He runs. Uh, what's the name of his website? It's it, um, it's
2: Smasher Trash. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Smasher Trash. Yeah, indie films.
2: Uh, so, so he knows he, his stuff. Yeah, he's a good guy.
0: He recently sent me a uh, a package of. Uh, movies, some of which might wind up on the show. Um, I'm actually glad you mentioned it because some of these are pretty awesome. That's a good. Oh, I got, I, sorry, huh? I was, oh, was going to say, and I also got my. <laughs> uh, 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 Jim Baltus uh, sent me a copy of uh, Rock and Roll Space Patrol on DVD. <laughs> yeah. we, uh, I
2: love it when the directors. get I mean, we well, obviously we we talked to Jim and uh, he, he answered all of our questions and gave awesome. us the script to the movie. Great guy oh, uh, so and awesome. so nice of him to send you that DVD.
0: Well, he sent me that DVD and then he also sent me uh, the DVD for a film called uh, called Highway Pirates, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't really know anything about, but I'm going to watch at some point um but yeah but uh robert sent me a bunch of movies um he sent me a film called the monsters marriage and murder in manch vegas uh which is from the makers of freaky farley <laughs> um which is on uh which is on youtube i believe or it's also on streaming netflix uh, okay. Freaky Farley, that is not not Manch Vegas. Uh, he sent me a thing called uh, called UFOs do not exist: the grand deception and cover up of the UFO phenomenon, uh, which looks ridiculous, and it's also like four hours long. Um, oh and God. then last, then lastly, he sent me. Uh, I think this is lastly um, a film called Evil Awakening, which looks like it might really be right up our alley. Uh, looks very very low budget. And then I got to, I got to, um, I have to talk to him about this. Cause he sent me just sort of a random DVD, like in one of those like paper cases, uh, like slip cases that it says He-Man and Haosu. So it makes me wonder, it's like, is that like the Haosu that he's talking about? Or no, not He-Man. It must H- be, I would say. H-Man, H-Man. Oh. So I wonder if that's the, if that's like the house that he's talking about, cause that's <laughs> kind of, cause that's fucking awesome. If that's the case, it's a great movie. I f- still have never seen it. Okay. It was on, it was on my, it was on my list for the 60 and 30 that I was doing in October, but then my power went out. Um, and I was still able to do 60, 60 movies, but, um, I had to do a bunch of them over my buddy's house and we really only had access to on
2: demand stuff. Sure. No, that, I mean, it makes total sense. No. Uh, so, if other people wanted to email us, Mo, how would they go about that? Because we have two oh, yeah, we just have... this week. I, surprising. Um, yeah, so,
0: I mean, obviously, if, uh, if, they want, if they want to be cool, like Ashley, uh, <laughs> they, can, uh, they can send it to uh, nobudgetnightmaresdg at gmail.com. Um, however, if they want to be like Rob, who is also cool, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. They, they ruined my joke. Uh, no, they could send it to uh, no Budget nightmares at dailygrindhouse.com. I think either option is entirely
2: acceptable. Both options are acceptable. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mo, uh, before we finish up, have you uh, seen any films lately that uh, caught your interest, made you want to tell the world? Well, today I watched The Comedy. Um,
0: I'm not really in a situation where I think I'm comfortable enough to, to actually discuss my opinion of it because I'm still kind of working through it. Uh, it's a very... It's a film with Tim and Eric, right? <sighs> odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, very, it's a very odd movie to get through um, and it leaves you thinking a lot. So, uh so I'm going to I'm going to think on that one for a while and then maybe I'll post a review either on our Facebook page or on or on the Drunk on VHS Facebook page. Um so there's that. Uh what else did I watch? I watched a really wild movie the other day like uh I think it might actually break my top 5 for weirdest fucking movies I've ever wow. seen. Yeah, it's called Trail of the Screaming Forehead. It sounds familiar. What's it all about? It's about This, this sort of like every town USA, you know, like in the, in in like the, uh, the, like the leave it to beaver era, you know, um, that, uh, that this, this alien ship, uh, of foreheads crashes to earth and starts invading this, the, the town, you know, and it's, it's really weird. It's really kind of hard to explain um, there's a lot of really hokey sort of dialogue um that to me that well one of the reviews on uh on I on IMDb said they hated that about the movie but to me it was one of the best parts of the film uh just a really ridiculous sort of dialogue i had a ton of fun with it um you know i mean if it, if it if it had been if it had been made for a few thousand dollars less uh we'd probably be covering it on on the show but it definitely has it's definitely outside of our budget range. Oh,
2: I know that movie. Do I, you? Yeah, it's from, uh, it's from uh, Larry I uh, uh, Probably uh, Blumire. I think I'm screwing up his name. The director of The uh, Lost Skeleton of a Kadabra. Yeah. We love that. Friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> friend of Mike and Ike's show, at the very least. But it's, a great, but it's a great fucking movie. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure lots of our listeners uh, love the, the Lost Skeleton and its sequel. Uh, so, I mean, it, it sounds like something right up my alley. Seek it out, it's really good I will, Mo (laughs) (laughs) What about you? I saw, I I watched uh, I've been rewatching the the recent James Bond films In in anticipation of Skyfall um, Mm -hmm. And uh, Actually, I saw Quantum of Solace for the first time And did not uh, much care for it Uh, Me neither But I've heard great things about Skyfall Very much looking forward to seeing that Uh, And Cloud Atlas, I did uh, finally see Cloud Atlas And uh, I'll tell you what Nerd I'm a nerd, thank you. <laughs> um, it's, I wouldn't call it a great film, it's not. But it's a film that people should see, and it's one that they should see if possible on the big screen. It's something that really benefits from being kind of overwhelmed for it, because it is almost three hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and there's so much great imagery in it. I don't think it all holds together. Some of the performances are not that great. Some of the racial stuff, uh, it, it, I'll be honest, it actually legitimately bothered me, mm-hmm. but I think that there's, there's substance there that is meaningful enough, and there, is, uh, there are ideas there that are interesting enough that it really, you know, if you love film and you love what you think that that movie is, that you should really check it out. I mean, it's a great-looking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, it's also, people call it like the quickest three hours uh, that you'll have in a theater And I really agree with that, it really just flies by hmm. So see it, Doug says, check it out <laughs> 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 We should have All a little right. section every episode about that Doug says, check it out Mo, we're not done yet yeah, We have to talk about the, what we're going to do next We have to talk about, you know, we've gotten organized lately with a with a Google Doc, <laughs> yeah, we we you know we have like a li- we have a list of movies we're going to
0: cover, and you know we're going to try to organize in some sense.
2: But right before the show, instead of being organized, because this is my fault, I'll take full blame for it. Uh, we decided we would just go with the one that has the most ridiculous title uh, <laughs> that we both have access to, <laughs> which we don't know anything about. <laughs> But watching that trailer, though, I am excited to watch oh, this. Oh man, now. me too. And the film in question is from 1992, one of my favorite years for terrible movies. It's a good year. Uh, and it's called Reanimator Academy.
0: It looks so ridiculous. Reanimator Academy. I can't. I can't wait to. Get, I, I like you know how sometimes like the trailer will, will have bits that aren't from the movie. Uh-huh. Like I really, really hope. That in the trailer, there's a scene where the guy firing a six-shooter lays out at least 24 bullets <laughs> without stopping or reloading. And I'm really, really hoping that that's in the movie.
2: We'll post that trailer on our Facebook page. Uh, check it out. Uh, anticipate what that experience is going to be like for us. Oh, it's really uh, going <laughs> to be brutal. and I mean, who knows? I'm going to go in there with a... I mean, it could be really a lot of fun. The trailer has moments that suggest it could be. Uh, so you, we'll just have to look forward to it It certainly is going to be a massive change of pace From Olaf Wittenbach's The Burning Moon Yeah, I mean, this one classifies
0: itself as a comedy So it might
2: actually be funny Eh, we'll see I'm excited What's the worst that can happen? It sucks It's got a great title <laughs> it does have a great title <laughs> <laughs> That always works out for us Yeah Mo,
0: how, how did how did uh, Redneck County Fever work for us? Oh
2: yeah, huh. that worked out great for us, actually, Mo. I think that's uh-huh. all I have to say about everything today, Mo. <laughs> all right. So I don't want to talk to these people anymore. All right. <laughs> Stop being so agreeable. You, you, I want to do the the James Brown thing where you just uh, where you put like a, a, a cape over me and I throw it off and I come back and perform. All right. Well, I'll leave. I'll leave now. Um, I can get I can get there in
0: about ten hours. All right. Uh, actually, more like twenty seven by scooter.
2: You do have a cape, right? I have. I'll pick one up on the way. Bring a coat. It's getting a little. <laughs> chi- bring a coat. It's getting a little chilly here in Ontario. It's it's snowing here. It's Holy been snowing geez. all day. Well, I mean, I can't compete with that. Aren't you guys about to get whacked again by another storm? <sighs> yeah, enjoy it's that. Going,
0: it's it's gonna suck.
2: If my power goes out, I'm
0: moving to Canada. No, no, no. That's what I was going to do if Romney won the election. Um, you and everyone else, you know. <laughs> uh, I was going to be like, make room, you know, like, push that kitty litter box aside. I'm, I'm sleeping on your floor. Uh, you can sleep in the kitty litter. <laughs> uh, finally fulfilling my dreams of being Stimpy, <laughs> Stimpy the cat.
2: <laughs> oh, Mo. We look forward to seeing you when your world <laughs> falls apart. Uh, soon enough. <laughs> All right. Say goodnight to the people out there, Mo. Good night to the people out there, Mo. Oh, I see what you did there. night. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Hello. This is Mike from the Badasses, Boobs, and Bodycounts.com website and podcast. At the bb website, I post thoughts or reviews, if you will, of lesser-known action, exploitation, and horror films. In the all-new BBNBC podcast, I talk about films of the same genre, but usually with a guest host. We discuss films such as... And I'm gonna let them know that Dolomite is back on the scene. I'm gonna let them know that Dolomite is my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. Dolomite, which falls into the badass category. We also look at films like... I should have taken you for a stone-cold dyke from the start. Oh. Oh, yeah. Night pervert in the boobs category. In the body counts category, we cover films like What's going on here? Well, what do you think you're doing? We're having an orgy. What's it to you? we <laughs> enjoying the fun. You all think you're so smart, don't you? Well, you ain't. You ain't so damn smart after all. You just wait and see. Somebody's always trying to spoil our thing. But we have a devil of a good time. Satan's cheerleaders. And last but not least, we also look at films such as. I am Torgo. I take care of the place while the master is away. We only want to know where Valley Lodge is. Which way do we go? Manos, the Hands of Fate, in the Everything Else category. The BC website is located at BadassesBoobsBodyCounts.com, and, and the BBNBC podcast can be downloaded from the iTunes Store, the BBNBC website, and is also now available on Stitcher Smart Radio. Just do a search on BBNBC Podcasts to start listening.